Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Swing and a drive down the line. Happy birthday. It's a solo home run. Number 12 for DeYoung. That's a 400-footer. Let's get nasty on a Wednesday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. 202, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Well, boys, I think the Cardinals are back. I think it's safe to say that. They beat okay. the Astros, and uh, good things are going to happen. This is the toxic relationship, though, again. However, here's Isn't the thing. It? I didn't answer the text last night. Nah. I didn't. I said, sup? You awake? And I was like, okay, it's a different approach. Uh-huh. I didn't answer. Nah. I rolled over and went back to sleep. They're going to need to do more than this to get me back into this toxic relationship. However, it's a good start. It was a nice win. I mean, that was a hell of a pitcher that you beat up on. It certainly was. He, I forget the actual number, but it's the first time, I think, all season that he's given up four runs in a game. I could be full of you-know-what, but I thought I heard Chip Carey say that last night on the broadcast. First time all season for Fran Valdez to give up four runs, you say. Let's look. Let's look at his game log, Jamie. Yeah. Let's, let's look at his here. log. Uh, f- <laughs> he gave up four runs on May 15th right. against the Cubs. So maybe it's been a month and a half. You know, Anthony, why do you got to do this? You're that guy, huh? That's it. That's it. You're that guy. Just roll with it. It was a tie. Our listeners know we're wrong half the time anyway. <laughs> That's very true. Just roll with it. Like, yeah. what's your problem? Okay, easy. Anyways, that's a big win against a really good pitcher. And again, nothing feels better than winning when you come from behind. Yep. Good call, Jamie. It's a great feeling that, you know, that clubhouse for sure was feeling it last night. You've often said that, and I think it proved itself last night. I couldn't agree more. It started with Jordan Montgomery, and Brendan Donovan kicks the first. How about this? He, oh. he kicks the first ground ball, first play of the game. He oh. kicks it, and you're like, okay. I was like, here this we go again. sucks. But Jordan Montgomery notched his fifth win. He allowed two runs. Only one was earned. One of them also came on that Brendan Donovan error, or came around after the Brendan Donovan error. He goes six and two thirds. He's now three and zero in his last four starts after going zero and seven in his previous ten. The only difference, and he didn't get much last night. He only got four runs, but the the difference, Jamie, is he's getting run support. I mean, you get w- wins and losses. Do you keep your team in the game to get run support? Well, he's pitching well too, and he's pitching well. Like first inning, like first inning, first couple of innings really has been the Cardinals' nemesis all year long. Because it feels like then they settle in and, and you know, but you're always sitting there looking up at the opponent. Yeah. Because they've, they've got a couple of runs or one or two or nine. Who knows, right? Like, it varies. Right. But you don't want to play a game like that. Like, in hockey, you want to be down one nothing or 2 nothing after the first period? No. No, you don't. But nonetheless, Monty uh, focused last night. Now, I like it when the when big countries focus like that. He's got that little snarl on his face, you know. He wants the ball, which is exactly what I want out of my pitcher. Like Jordan Hicks right now. Man, that guy's really good. Yeah, he, he is. He's good at baseball, Anthony. He, he's making himself some money. He's got to continue on this path. 
But he's a free agent at the end of the I'll year. Extend him. I mean, maybe you do. Maybe you do eventually. I don't, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what the money would be. I, I guarantee the Cardinals don't want to pay at this point right now. If he continues on this trajectory, mm-hmm. I can't see the Cardinals wanting to pay what somebody else is willing to pay. Right. That's the situation where the market has to has to set itself. We still got we still got a long way to go. And unfortunately for Jordan Hicks, he does have an in, he does have injury history, but. He get he got the ninth again last night. Turned in a perfect inning. He did the heavy lifting for the Cards. He got four outs and wound up. Actually, Gallegos uh, Gallegos did the heavier heavy lifting. I should say, but Hicks Hicks now has five straight appearances in which he has a save opportunity in which he notched. So he's got five five saves for jo- five five saves now for Jordan Hicks. And as we've discussed, he's your closer for the foreseeable future. Ryan Helsley, eventually, when he comes off the IL, hey, great. He can be used in high-leverage situations. He gets Maybe he gets saves up, save opportunities when Jordan Hicks has had three in a row. You've played in a lot of, of a lot of close ball games. So I think there's going to be plenty of save opportunities still for Helsley when he gets back. But he's going to be the, the 1B to Jordan Hicks 1A. You know what I like about it? It forces Ryan Helsley to be competitive. Absolutely. So one thing from my, my own perspective is sometimes I feel like he may not be the most competitive guy. He's very happy in a comfortable situation. This is going to be uncomfortable now because you used to be hell's bells. We right. dimmed the lights and turned everything red for you. That was yesterday. Mm-hmm. That was yesterday. And now you've had some injury problems. You blew up in the playoffs on us. You know, you had the bad finger, just bad pitching. Whatever it is, it happens. But now you're forced to climb the mountain again. Because you're going to get plopped in there somewhere in the 7th or the 8th, probably. And the close opportunity is going to go to Hicks. You're going to have to prove to Ali Marmel that, one, you can do the job. Two, you want the job. Right. Hey, Ali, I'm sick and tired of seeing Hicks get out there in the ninth. Why don't you give me my job back? Give me the ball. Well, why don't you go earn it? Well, I got to get the ball to do that first. Right. This is what I want for Ryan Helsley. I want him to play with a little chip on his shoulder. And I want Hicks to go, hey, screw you. And just step on his face and keep him like away from him, both you, literally and metaphorically. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care how they figure it out, Anthony. As long as both guys are competitive, both guys want the ball, and both guys can shove. It's called being a good teammate. And you're stepping on each other's face. Sure, trying to win ball games. Yeah, that's how you know the team's competitive. Marshy, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. No, I mean. Look what happened in 2019. A few players on the Blues, Zach Sanford, Robert Portuzo, they punched each other in the face. Well, and they won a cup. One punched, one punched, the other guy was standing there. Either way, you won a cup after that. Exactly. So It's basically happened in that order, too. Punching faces. They got a fight. They won the cup. Stepping on faces. It's all the same. Absolutely. No, to your point, Jamie, about the, the competitive nature, these are two guys that seemingly... You can kind of read between the lines. You could look. You look back at the usage of these guys. There's two guys that didn't necessarily ask for, want, or flat out avoided opportunities in which they could get back to backs or three in a row. And something changed. And that something that changed was Jordan Hicks going going to Ollie and saying, "Give me the ball on the third on that third opportunity." Mm-hmm. He had two saves back to back over the weekend in New York. And then another save opportunity came about against Washington on a third consecutive day. And Jordan Hicks, I'm assuming, Jamie, went to Ollie and said, give me the ball. He said, hey, Ollie, 
I know you got your hat pulled down quite a bit, and sometimes people think that you can't see very far that way. But I need you to see me going back out there on the bump and shoving for the third day in a row. That seemed weird and personal. No. Don't like the way Ollie wears his hat? No, I like it fine. I just sometimes, when I can't see his eyes, I feel like he can't see my eyes. And I like eye contact when I'm talking to people. Makes sense. And Ollie's a little shorter, too, so it's it's in the way. I have to tell him to, you know, lo- raise the porch a little mm. bit there. He doesn't like when I touch his hat. No, no. who wouldn't? I mean, I, I just tried to curve it upward for him a little bit. You know, give a little bend. Want to bend it up for him? Sure. You don't like that. Obviously, Hicks did did it, too, because he said to that effect, Jamie, give me the ball. Wound up getting his third save. Now he's got five in a row, boys. So he's your closer. Paul DeYoung? Yes. Your guy, Marsh? Did you have him yesterday? No, no. I had oh. Contreras. Yeah, how about you, though? You went Paul I did. Goldschmidt. The king is gone. He's back. Happened you know. again. You, you, ah. you alluded to... That you were going to go Paul DeYoung, you had BT on the hook, yeah. like, and then you went Paul Goldschmidt. Cost myself a home run. Yeah. Shame so Paul, on you. So Paul DeYoung collected two RBI, had a solo home run, and a sack fly against the Astros. Yes, he did. Good work out of him. He's 13 for 64 with four homers, six RBI, and a 26 to 1 strikeout to walk ratio in 66 appearances over his last 17 games. But this... This kind of is who Paul DeYoung is. If he can if he can hit the home runs in key moments and key spots like he did last night, great. If not, the batting average and everything else about his offensive game is going to is going to sink him and he's good, it's going to sink this offense at times. But good for De, good for DeYoung last night. Nolan Arenado also had a big night. Dylan Carlson had a couple yeah, of hits. Did. But Arenado helped a nice inside out swing on the so first let's, one. Let's talk about Nolan Arenado for a second here. Because Mr. Pull Everything, I mean, he's always pulling it all the time. Anytime you see Nolan Arenado, he's pulling it. Recently, he's going with the pitch. Mm. Two of his hits yesterday were to the opposite field, and Chip Carey on the Valley Sports Midwest broadcast mentioned the same thing, and Jimmy Ballgame on the call, too, said, yeah, you know, like, it's the signs of an evolving hitter to where you're willing to, to give up the you know the the upper deck the up the, the big home run bomb in order to you know, do something offensively yeah and it's working he's hitting it in the gap he's got a double he's like I like what I'm seeing out of Nolan Arnado right now no doubt that's Jamie Rivers I'm Anthony Stalzer it's the fast lane on 101 ESPN where it is 212 your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers an officially licensed Rolex jeweler it's NHL draft night we're finally here Alex Ferrario is in Nashville you heard him on BK and Ferrario doing some live reporting from Bridgestone Arena. He is going to join us later in the show. In fact, as we draw closer to the NHL Draft Show, which is tonight at 6 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN, we're going to talk to him about 5.30, check in with Alex to, to see what he's hearing from Nashville as the Blues gear up to select 10th. Maybe they make a move up. Maybe they don't. Interesting what they're going to do with the later first-round picks as well. But tonight, you got Alex Ferrario live from Nashville starting at 6 o'clock for the NHL Draft Show. It's all brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling. What are the Blues' options at the number 10 pick? Jamie went over them a couple of weeks ago. No better time to revisit that thought, those thoughts, than right now. What? We'll talk about Jamie's options for the Blues at number 10 next in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We're right 
back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I think when you pick number 10, you're thinking a player that should be potentially on your roster within uh, 24 to 36 months and a contributing player. If we keep all these picks, I think we're going to have five first rounders in the last three drafts. That's quite a bit. And then you're going to have Snuggerud, who we think could be a good pro as early as a year from now. We have uh, Neighbors, who is a pro now. We have Bolduc, another first round pick from Jake's draft that we acquired. So there's a group of young players that are hopefully all converging at the same time. And we think that 10th pick can work his way into that group. I think the 25th and 29th pick won't work their way into that group as fast. That was Doug Armstrong from an exclusive interview that Tanner from BKM Ferrario did. A great job by T-Bone down in Nashville. He and Alex are down there right now. T-Bone collecting some interviews, and he's got his uh, ear to the ground trying to find out what the Blues could do leading up to tonight's NHL draft. But before we get into the options at number 10, what did you make of Army's comments there, Jamie? If we're reading between the lines, or even if we don't have, I mean, we don't even have to. But it, it doesn't seem like the the, the last two picks, uh, he's going to be walking to the podium three times tonight, uh, as as Jr. has pointed out. But based on what else he said in that clip, what what did you make of what Army's telling us leading up to tonight's draft? Well, one, he's not trading that first pick. That's going to be there, and Army's mentioned that he may trade up. So Army might package pick twenty five or pick twenty nine, whatever the heck it is, and pick ten to move up to pick five. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's be on the lookout for something like that. But he's made it very, very clear that not only will they use that 10th overall pick, that they're anticipating getting a player that can play here within a year, year and a half. That's good news. Yeah. And t- historically, that's what it usually takes for a guy in the top in the top 10 to play in the NHL. It's about a year, year and a half, depending on the position. So when we look at this draft... Doug Armstrong and the Blues, in my opinion, have to focus on center iceman and defenseman. Probably reverse order, defenseman, then center iceman. The problem with that is it's a pretty, I don't say weak, it's a thin draft for defensemen. The high-end guys are high-end, and then there's a drop-off. So you're probably not getting a top-four type defenseman through the latter part of the first round or even the second round on in the NHL. You get a guy an NHL caliber player, but it's not a deep draft for defensemen. At center ice, they've got quite a few options. And I think that that's how you're going to have to rebuild this team. You have plenty of wingers. Bull Duke's not going to play center in the NHL. He's just not big enough. Not that kind of guy. Yeah. Snuggerud's a winger. Neighbors is a winger. Like, you've got a lot of young players that are wingers, not centermen. And you certainly you don't have a, a plethora of of young defense prospects either. You got Scott Perunovich, still to be determined what he can be ultimately. You got Tyler Tucker, who's past the prospect mode at this point, but he's more of a stay at home, rugged type defenseman. Got a few other guys in the system, but it doesn't hurt to have another one. We're seeing right now just how coveted good defensemen are. Mm-hmm. So when I look at this draft for the Blues, uh, picking at number 10, they've got a few options. First, let's let's go up to Matt V. Michkov. He's a Russian kid that uh, everybody is kind of, you're either in or you're out on this player. He's got a tremendous amount of skill, 
compared to Kaprizov with the Minnesota Wild, he's got that kind of build, big legs, low center of gravity, strong as a bull out there on the ice. The Blues actually worked him out this morning, just a light workout, and tried to have some kind of a, an interview. Uh, language barrier there a little bit, but the, the overall consensus was that he's a strong kid. Good frame, big frame. Like he, he can probably handle the rigors of the National Hockey League. Heck, he's playing against men right now in the KHL as a young player. So, he, but the problem with him is this whole Russian dynamic thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not the fact that he's a Russian player or a Russian individual. He's under contract for three more years with his current KHL team. So they're not going to let him go to go play in the NHL. You, you might be able to buy him out of that, but then that's a massive commitment financially to a player that you're unsure of what the results can be right away. Yeah, And of course you got all the, without dragging it into the political side of things, you got all that stuff that's going on. We all know what's going on out there and that could cause an obstacle for this player. Once going to scout him, going to recruit him, going to work with him, talk with him. There's maybe a little bit of a barrier there. And also the KHL team, not necessarily going to work with you in his development. Yeah, They're going to use him however the hell they want to. <laughs> So <laughs> they're not they're not going to give you they're not going to keep you uh, keep him in their the, the Blues system are they and they're not going to sit there and go how would you like us to utilize yeah. this player how would you like us to help you develop him they right. don't care they don't care all right so that's the obstacles there he's a hell of a talent right now he's sitting at like number four on the mock draft if he gets to ten which there is speculation it could happen Army's probably going to have to think long and hard about that one uh, other players that are interesting. Ryan Leonard, but he's he's a right winger. Mm-hmm. I think he got enough. I think I think you have Jimmy Snuggerud. You already have Ryan Leonard in Jimmy Snuggerud. And Jimmy Snuggerud's closer to playing in the NHL than Ryan Leonard is at this point. So I think you you kind of jump over that. The, the next two or three that I want to talk about quickly and I'll save my I'll save my pick for last on this one. We'll drop down to Oliver Moore. Uh, he plays with the National Development Program, so that's Team USA Development Program. They play in the USHL. He's a center iceman. He's a good player, yeah. smart, two-way player, probably the fastest skater in, in of all the players that are available. Tons of speed. So you look at that and a lot of upside. Is he a year to year and a half away? Eh. Center iceman, you're probably looking at two years, maybe two and a half before he makes an impact on your roster, which is fine, though. You got Robert Thomas, you got Braden Shen, now you have Kevin Hayes down the middle of your ice. There's no need to rush along a center iceman at this point. You can develop him properly, let him get bigger, faster, stronger. Still a really good prospect. The next one at that in the mock draft is ranked at 10 right now, Braden Yeager. He's a centerman, plays in the WHL uh, for the Moose Jaw Warriors. Hey, that's, uh, that's our buddy Reed Lowe's. Reed Lowe, yeah. Hometown, right? So he, he, this guy's a... Smart two-way player. He's got a good 200-foot game. He's got a, a really good shot. He's got an NHL shot right now, uh, which you can see uh, when he's out there, when he's playing. He's got some growth to do. He's still, you know, he's going to come into some man strength and man size. Uh, but nonetheless, another good center iceman. Here's my pick, though. David Reinbacher. He's a defenseman. He's currently playing in Cloton in the Swiss A-League. So he's playing professional hockey already. Mm-hmm. He's got size. He's a big kid. He's got good mobility. He handles the puck very well. He's not the most offensively gifted guy right now, but that can come with time. In the Swiss League, sometimes, too, they they play a system that's forward-driven, not so much defenseman-driven, especially a young guy like Reinbacher might tell him just, hey, 
stay at home, and they might have some import defenseman they brought in that's the run-and-gun type guy. Sure. So that, that to me, will be – that would be my focus right now is Ryan Bacher. Big defenseman with tons of upside. This is what you're looking for. This is what you need right now in your lineup. He won't make an, impre- an impression right away as far as, like, joining the roster, like, next year. But he's a guy, if you get him and you develop him, and all of a sudden, like, he's a year away for me. Next year, this time of year, you're like, okay, this kid's got a chance. Let's see what we've got in this kid. Right. So that would be the direction I'm. I would go in if Reinbacher is still there at number ten. There you go. That would be my guy. Okay, I love it. So Jamie illustrated who he wants. If you want to participate in the conversation, three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six is the Air Comfort Service text line. You can always leave us a mic drop. Whether you're talking blues, cards, anything we're discussing, leave us a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app, and you can participate again in the show. We will hear from Alex Ferrario, who is down in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena for the NHL Draft Show, which is tonight at 6 o'clock. We're going to chat with Alex at about 5.30, get a kind of a last-second viewpoint from him uh, before his NHL draft show, what what he's hearing with the Blues uh, leading up to tonight's number 10 overall pick for the Blues, whether or not Doug Armstrong is going to stay at that pick. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, our guy Andrew Marsh has got what's trending next. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber say Peters is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half price Cardinals ticket voucher. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, obviously tonight is the NHL draft, and we have some more information, some more news coming out of the NHL as the salary cap will be increased to $83.5 million for the 2023-2024 season and could rise by approximately $4 million for 2024-2025. It's good news. It's headed in the right direction. Certainly, you know, for the players, it's always nice to have the salary cap go up, but also for the general managers. And the presidents of hockey operations, they like to have a little bit more of a cushion of funds to go, you know, ice a team that they think can be competitive. Now, the ownership, I don't know. Some of the ownership groups, I'm sure, feel like, eh, would rather not have to spend another million this year or four million next year. Kind of like where we're at. Kind of like my margins right now. (laughs) But if you're going to run with the big dogs in the NHL, 
you have to put a team on the ice that's close to the cap. You can't be a team that's 15, 20 million under the cap and be competitive. Yeah. I, I have yet to see a team that's like that make the playoffs in recent years. And if you can't make the playoffs, then you really you can't win anything. It's like you can't even go with the well, if you just get in, mm-hmm. no. You're not getting in. Yeah, you're not you're not close to getting in. You're not there. You don't have to be a top five spending team or even a top ten spending team, but you do have to make it work. I mean, you think about baseball where there is no salary cap. The Rays are one of the least profitable teams in Major League Baseball. They don't spend a lot, but they have figured out they've got a model in which they're successful. So to your point in the NHL, yes, there's a salary cap. But you have to you have to at least figure out how even average spending is going to put a competitive team on the ice. Yeah. Or else, what are you doing? What are we doing? Look, the NHL is at a record high revenues right now as a league. Mm-hmm. You can raise the salary cap. Yep. When you have a team like the Ottawa Senators that's getting purchased for a billion dollars, you can raise the salary cap. When you have a minority partnership being sold within the Tampa Bay Lightning for over a billion dollars, you can raise the salary cap. Those things alone tell me that the league is healthy and that the owners are probably doing okay. Mm-hmm. Well said. Guys, Indianapolis Colts cornerback and kick returner Isaiah Rogers and some other players as well are expected to receive a season-long suspension this week for violating the NFL's policy on gambling. Uh, sources- what the hell's wrong with these guys? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, The sources have told Adam Schefter today, the NFL said last week that it planned to reinforce its gambling policy to players. And now they have six key rules of the gambling policy that the league officials will emphasize. And here are the six rules. One, don't bet on the NFL. Seems like an obvious one. Hmm. Two, don't gamble at your team facility while traveling for a road game or staying at a team hotel. Three, don't have someone bet for you. Four, don't share team inside information. Five, don't enter a sports book during the NFL playing season. And six, don't play daily fantasy football. Yeah. This is just common sense. Like, honestly, these guys deserve everything they're getting. Like, how dumb can you actually be? Like, if you want to go gamble, gamble on anything but your sport. Right. And and don't do it in the team facility. And don't do it in a sports book when... As they noted, it's the NFL season. These are these are just rules. Forget the gambling aspect for a second here. Yeah. Let's just talk about I don't even care that they're gambling. Go gamble. You know, responsibly go do your thing. It's yeah. your money. No one's saying you cannot. They're just saying you can't gamble on your own sport right. or in a facility while your sport is in season. Jamie, I know it's number four, but it might as well be number one for the NFL. Number four and number four, number one are really correlated. Number four is don't share team, don't share team inside information. That's what the NFL is worried about. They're already in bed with with FanDuel and all the you know all the other we don't sports speak of the books. Other ones. Yeah, we don't exactly. That's why I avoided yeah, that. FanDuel's America's number one sports. You're darn right. It's profitable. It's profitable to have a partnership for these leagues to go with FanDuel and some of these other sports books. But you don't want what ha- has happened at times in, in the market. You don't want your sport to be viewed as anything but r- you know real-time entertainment. Mm. You don't want it to be fake. 
And if you have team, if even the perception of a player throwing a game, throwing a play for any sort of pro, you know profit that he's going to garner from a sports book or otherwise, that will be the biggest death to a league ever. So number four, don't share team inside information. Goes hand in hand with don't bet on the NFL. But to your point, Jamie, I mean these are these are rules. We've got rules here at Hubbard. Forget the gambling aspect. At Hubbard, there are certain things we can and cannot do, and we know it. And we might not agree with it, but we know it. For example, the three of us, and Marsh, I won't put you in this. Jamie, you and I, oh. definitely me. Whatever. I-, I curse all the time. Oh, it's horrible, really. It's terrible. It's terrible. I curse all the time. Honestly, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Well, I apologize, Jamie. I do. Did you feel that way? I haven't heard you say one bad word in my life. <laughs> Uh, Marcy, Love you, you Marcy. But, but you can't swear in air. From two to six. You can't. I cannot curse from two to six on these airwaves. It's a rule. Can't do it. I would love to. Can't do it. Well, there are times that, boy, we're close. That's we're why very we had that shiny button next to uh, Certainly. our microphone. That's why I put it in red, too. But getting back to it, if, if you want to bet on college football, you want to bet on the NBA, you want to bet on whatever, okay. You got to do it at home. It cannot be in the NFL. It can't be on the NFL, and it can't be in a team facility or on the or in a hotel. Yeah, it's pretty. Nor simple. can you hand your phone to somebody and have them do it do it on the street. It's pretty simple. Yes, your job gets suspended and deal with it. And the NFL is cr- is cracking down on it. Obviously, you got guy. I mean, Calvin Ridley was the first. He 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 spends a year outside of the game. The Falcons lose. A, a former first-round pick for not only an entire year, but they're almost—they almost have to trade him because of you know kind of the damage that was done. He was—he—they allowed him to go to to take a, a leave of absence because he said his heart—you know—he was dealing with some mental stuff. His heart wasn't in it. He was injured, so they say, "Hey, no problem. We've got your back. Come come back any any time." And then he's betting on the NFL. So the, so the Falcons are like, well, we can't have that within our facility. They're going to trade him. They trade him for like a six-round pick to the Jaguars. And now what is everybody talking about? Boy, the Jacksonville receiving core. This is a great pickup. All right, cool. Well, you burned your former team. You lost a year. And, you know, for what? Anthony, it sounds like you got a lot of hate inside you. I don't have any hate. I just hate hope that he's you. terrible this year. Wow. So what, what's the difference between players just playing fantasy football? It's it's viewed as gambling. It is. It's, you it's viewed as gambling. If you can make money on it. It's viewed as gambling. From what I read, and maybe they need to clear this up from the six, you know, the six rules that they had. It just said daily fantasy football. But I'm, I th- I'm thinking like a because like a buddy like a buddies league well, yeah, that's I've, free or something I've like heard that. Daniel what, just Daniel don't even Carlson, do it. who kicker. Talk about like very openly about playing fantasy football. Yeah, but to, to that point, one, I wouldn't even risk it. It's not worth right. it. It's not uh, worth but two, if you have a, a, a like, if it's you, me, and Anthony and BT create our own little fantasy football league, we're not gambling money. It's just pride on the line. Yeah, no one's going to jump in. The NFL has the resources to go and research it and check the backlog and find out mm-hmm. that there's money attached to what you're doing or there isn't money attached to mm-hmm. what you're doing. You know, either way, um, it's not always a great look. Although sometimes, you know, never know. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, I think you 
you said it perfectly. Mm-hmm. You pointed something. You really you pointed good out. something out that I was pointed out to excellent. the world that they should listen. Yes, that uh, you just don't do it. It's not worth it. Yeah. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. That's what's trending. How much does Hayes bring off the ice? Jamie touched upon this a little bit a couple of days ago, but we're going to dive into it. i touch on it more, Anthony. Yeah, absolutely. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter get the Blues live draft show from Nashville. In fact, live from Bridgestone Arena with Alex Ferrario tonight. It's all brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling. It's going to be hot the next couple of days. Make sure that AC is in order, huh? Our guys. $69 magic tune. That's right. Our guys uh, at Swiss Air Heating and Cooling, they're fantastic. Jamie and I both use them. Tonight. Again, they got the NHL draft show. You get the you get the NHL draft. But Jamie, going back to the the Blues acquisition yesterday of Kevin Hayes, something that you had brought up a couple of days ago when we were talking about whether or not Tory Krug was going to waive his no trade clause and all those rumors and whether or not Kevin Hayes would be a good fit, you had brought up how he's somebody that in the locker room he can kind of cut it up, keep things loose. He's also somebody with a reputation, good reputation of producing. I, I heard BK and Ferrario talking about this earlier, too. Tanner had an opportunity to talk to Kevin Hayes, and one of the things Tanner talk, talked about was how Kevin Hayes was joking about Doug Armstrong calling him, and he was on the golf course, and Doug called him right in his backstroke. So how you know rude that was of Doug Armstrong. Really? But you can cut it up. Jamie, you've been in many locker rooms throughout your, your career. I think from you know fans understand the importance of having somebody in the locker room that can kind of keep things loose – but when is that most important? And can Kevin Hayes be that guy for the Blues? Well, yeah, he can be. Kevin Hayes comes with a great reputation as a teammate. He really does. And and the art of being that guy, I can tell you from past experience, the art of being that guy is timing. It's timing and credibility. So if you're a player that doesn't get out there and compete and block shots and, and do everything it takes to win and practice hard and do all these things – and then you try to be the lighthearted guy, the the the, the smart ass, the funny guy. It carries no weight because players are like this guy's just a joke. Mm-hmm. He doesn't back check. He doesn't take a hit to make a play. But when you are that player, and then you want to lighten it up a little bit in the locker room, while one he's got the resume as a player, you look at his hey, he's pretty good career so far. You know, let's give him some respect. It helps. Last year the Blues could have used this guy. Yeah. At certain times where. You could cut the tension with a knife in that locker room and that the players were completely frustrated. Not that cracking a joke is the thing to do. There's a certain way to go about it to make guys feel a little bit better, a little more at ease, shake it out a little bit. You know, And it helps the coaching staff too. Because the coaching staff, like Craig Berube, we have him on weekly during the season. The last thing Chief wants to do is every day go into the locker room and just be that hard-nosed, like... You guys are not playing good enough. You're inconsistent. Like nobody wants to do that. So mm-hmm. it's nice to have a little bit of a, a conduit, that lightens it up a little bit. Then Craig Berube can come in, kind of straighten them all out again, and you know make sure everything's in order. But there's a different energy that surrounds the room when you have a group of guys that 
uh, are playing hard for each other, and they're a little loose, not gripping the stick so tight. Yep. And so Kevin Hayes has a, a knack for that. Not everybody can do it. The best part about Kevin Hayes, he can back it up. He can play. I mean, you're getting a second-line center here in Kevin Hayes. It's going to play in almost every situation for you. And he's got a great personality. At the same time, he makes guys feel, like, comfortable in the locker room. And that's a big thing. Like, sometimes you get young guys, new guys, uh, Russian players, Swedish players, Finnish players. It can be a little bit of a divide. Not even on purpose. It just happens. Sure. guy like Hazy, he's going to get everybody out for lunch. Everybody go for lunch on the road. Let's meet in the lobby. Or he's going to get everybody on the golf course. He loves to golf. He's well known to pull guys together to go have a golf game. That helps ultimately. And although you've had guys here in the past recently that are really good leaders, they didn't necessarily have the ability to lighten the room. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a a little bit of a pivot by Doug Armstrong. I think that in his his, uh, postseason presser he talked about trying to connect a little more with the players get younger not that hazy's that much younger he's 31 but he's able to connect with the younger guys through humor and and that makes a difference it does and so when you're looking at the on-ice product and right now we're isolating the off-ice product yeah so if you're texting in saying oh what about his four check we'll get to that (laughs) we got lots of time to talk about all that stuff this is the the ancillary skills to a player that carry over in an 82-game season with a team that wants to make the playoffs every year. You need guys like this, and it becomes infectious. It really does. Like We get a great text here that says, like, Pat Maroon from the 20... 20- yes. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking... Yes. I was, I was thinking of the pride of Oakville as well. A hundred percent. Like, the Pat Maroon for sure is that guy. Now, Pat Maroon also wasn't a second-line center. I thought Patty was awesome, loved him, and he obviously was a huge part in winning that Stanley Cup, but this is what I'm talking about. So if you're listening right now and you're thinking about, well, I don't understand what that looks like, think of Pat Maroon. And now you've got a guy making $3.5 million who's a number two center, so you're actually getting a discount because those guys are usually five-plus million to play on your team, and now you're getting a really good locker room guy that competes extremely hard. And it comes from a long line of like family members that play hockey – his brother, uh, rest in peace, Jimmy. Jimmy Hayes was drafted, played in the NHL, uh, had some substance abuse problems and ended up not going well for Jimmy. But nonetheless, a hockey family. The Hayes are related to the Kachucks. They all, that, all those Bostonians there but on Hayes' mother's side related to Keith Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, Brady Kachuk. So you're also getting that kind of edge to the player. I'm not saying he's going to go fight guys and all that. But he's got a certain edge to him from that that northeast kind of like sharp tongue. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when guys need a kick in the pants, Hazy's not afraid to do it verbally. Yeah. And so I just think that there's a lot to be said about a player like this. And I think it's going to help the coaching staff. It's going to help Doug Armstrong recruiting players stylistically. Like your team looks so much different right now. You've added one player. And we talked about the depth of the lineup yesterday. I'm not saying they're a cup contender. But if the defensive core can go back to two years ago when the team had 109 points, if you can go back to anywhere close to that, your, te- your team's in great shape to make the playoffs. And then at that point, you know, you might have that 2019-type grueling-type hockey that gets you a round or two in, and then you never know. You talk about Kevin Hayes and what he can bring off the ice as well. You're also getting a guy that is thrilled to be playing for the Blues 
and as he noted, uh, to get out of the the fallout of what what's going on right now in Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to, to kind of go to a new team, and I don't think it's a situation where I've ever lost confidence in my game. I've been in the league for 10-plus years now, and I know what I can do to, to help a team. At some points last year, I felt like whether it was my playing ability or the coach's view of me or, I guess, the organization's view of me, um, I, I don't have anything bad to say about Philly or the coaches or Danny B and Jonesy there, but... Um, I just feel like we kind of started to go our separate ways uh, throughout the middle of the season, and they were going in the middle uh, a different direction halfway through the year. And, um, but yeah, I mean, now that I'm onto a new team, I think it's a new start. Uh, motivated to kind of, I guess you could say, prove those people wrong. But um, I think anyone that gets traded would use that as motivation. We're going to talk about the Cardinals a little bit later on from a from a roster construction standpoint, and we've talked a lot about. In fact, I think we're going to talk about that coming up next, but. When you're talking about the Cardinals and the roster construction, what we have focused on, I think a lot of other people are focused on, is do you have the right mix of first basemen and infielders and outfielders and all that? But there's also a a construction that happens within a roster, and and it's about team building when it comes to personalities. And we focus on that less than anything because we're not in the locker room. We can't tell you if they're... And, Jamie, you you bring great insight from... You just broke down Kevin Hayes in a way that maybe not a lot of people would know. But we don't know how good a guy is in a locker room, how well he's going to fit in on this team. But it is, I think, Jamie, one of the biggest challenges that any GM or president has. Am I putting the right collection of guys together on a roster? Not just the most talented, but the right collection. And I think we're seeing now with the Cardinals, it might not be the right collection. How about the Padres? Mm-hmm. Look at the look at the San Diego Padres. That is one of the most talented rosters in Major League Baseball, and they can't figure it out on the field. And now they're reportedly fighting in the clubhouse. That is why it's important to have a Kevin Hayes. That is why it's important to have the right collection of talent, not just the most talented guys. Well, one thing too that is usually a sign of the respect for a player or what people or what the, his teammates think of the acquisition already as a number of Blues players have already reached out to Kevin Hayes. Mm-hmm. Braden Shen, Nick Letty, Robert Thomas. I mean, you go down the list of Justin Falk, guys who reached out, talk to him, welcome him on board. What can they do to help him get acclimated? That's great. They know. If it's a guy that nobody likes, eh, the phone rings maybe once or twice or you get a text message from a guy and, yeah. But his phone's been blowing up since the trades happened. That speaks volumes for me. If there's a player that ends up going to your team, you know, via trade, free agency, and it is a, a guy like Kevin Hayes that you really enjoy off the ice, can that provide somewhat of a spark for the players that had a down season to really get them going for the upcoming year? Absolutely. You got a guy like that coming in that he's coming out of a crappy situation in mm-hmm. Philly. The team wasn't good. He was treated like crap. The coach just you know, basically tried to bury him. And now he comes here with a new lease on life. So you got to remember now, you got a couple of these guys. You got Kapanen, you got Verana, you got Hayes. These guys are thrilled to be wearing the blue note. Mm-hmm. They're thrilled. They're showing up to the rink with a little jump in their step. That is infectious. It's almost like when you have a young guy that doesn't know any better, that's full of energy and enthusiasm and loves the sport and can't wait to get to the rink or the clubhouse. Same can be said. Kevin Hayes is going to get here. Watch. He'll be here early. He'll be on the ice. He'll be leading by example. He can't wait to be a St. Louis Blue. 
that becomes infectious. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We just got word that the lineup is out, so we'll play the lineup game next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. You know what that sounder means, St. Louis? It's time to play the lineup game. Time for two in a row, baby. Fast lane on 101 ESPN 301. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. I wouldn't say we struggled yesterday, but it wasn't our finest work, Jamie. So let's rebound today. Sound good? Speak for yourself. Okay. I thought we were a team. Guess we not. We are, Anthony. Sometimes there's different individuals on the team. It's Jamie's show. That need a pick-me-up. Anthony, and, uh, you're that guy. I realize that now. You had a bad game yesterday. Did I? But guess what? The team still needs you. All right, so forget about how bad you were yesterday and be great today. Crap sandwich. Oh, inspirational speech. <laughs> Christian Javier, the right-hander, goes for the Astros. It will be Miles Michaelis for your Cardinals. All right, Jamie, with the right-hander on the bump, what are we thinking here? Uh, wow. I think it's, I mean, the copy and paste in this situation has been Brendan Donovan. I think it's Donovan as well. Go ahead. Show us Donnie boy. Oh, Donnie didn't get a hit last night. He gets the nah, crap gets sandwich nothing. today. I He's love been it. good, too. But Marsh is cutthroat, and I, I like it. But we made a promise to the listeners. We did. If you hit, we play. The sounder. The sounder. <laughs> yeah. I like it. All right, so Donnie Brooke there, number one. Go ahead, Jamie. Uh, this is uh, Mr. Excitement himself. Paul Goldschmidt. All right. Goldie, by the way, Anthony, just to interrupt yeah. here for a second, I want my Paul Goldschmidt to, like, when nobody's around or it's like a team party or he's like one of the guy's weddings, like, Goldie's the guy that out of nowhere just rips his shirt off <laughs> and starts dancing. The guy who never drinks just happens to have Nothing. one light beer. Yeah. And, and then just all of a sudden, savage. chairs are on the dance uh, floor. All that stuff. Like, to the point where his wife is like, oh, my God. Oh, boy, he never embarrassed. Like He's never like this. Hey, this is terrible, but deep down she loves it. Yeah, she does. Yeah. All right. Okay, so this could be <laughs> this could be Contreras. I think we uncovered gold there. No, is Pun this intended. Gorman or Contreras? I, Gorman hasn't hit this high in a while, so I think it's Contreras. All right, go ahead. Oh, no, us. I think it's Nolan Arenado. Well, who's hitting fourth then? Contreras. Contreras. Okay. That's what they did yesterday. That was against a lefty. I don't care, Anthony. Show us Nolan Arenado. You're wrong. Well, now do you care? How do you care? I feel so terrible right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Anthony. That's fine. I apologize. Go ahead with what you were originally thinking. Show us. You better be right. Wilson Contreras. You are so okay. wrong. <laughs> so I'm going back. Show me. Stormin' Gorman. What a shame. Oh, my God. Wow. It's Newt. There's Why only, would Newt be batting third? There's only there's only one other guy in the last week that has batted third than the guys that we just threw out there. It's Newt. It's the only guy. When he came back the first time, I, found, I think he, he hit third. What is Ollie doing to us right now with this lineup? Well, he's been here. He's heard that you've gone with the old copy and paste. He he's like, like I'm not Mike Schilt. He didn't like it. Go ahead, man. I, I give up, so... Show us, please, 
Lars Taylor, Tatsui Newt Bar. Jamie, you are so right. Janet giving Jamie all Jamie the credit Smith. on that one. Uh, Unbelievable. Yeah, it's my girl, Janet. You know, I love you, Janet. You guys are very close. We are. Very close. Okay, this is Nolan Arenado. Has I believe. to be. Yes. Show us. Nolan Arenado. Can I say one more thing? Sure. Albert Pujols, I love you, man. Yep, you deserved it from last night. He did. All right. All right. Uh, it's got to be Big Willie here at five, right? He's yes. been tearing the cover off the ball. Show me that Big Willie Contreras. Wilson! 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 Okay. Now I think it's Gorman. What about Jordan Walker? Oh, shoot. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's got a 15 game yeah, hitting ab- streak absolutely. going on. Absolutely. Walker. Good call. Yes. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I honestly, for some reason. This is how good this kid has been, and he's so quiet about everything. I, I just forget sometimes. Oh, did you see his base hit yesterday? Yes. He drove it into the dirt a foot away from home plate and got a base it's hit. It's going to be the best gro- best damn ground ball artist in the league. It's unbelievable. Most most ground ball hits in, in ever, Bob. All right, go ahead. Jordan Walker. Show us Jordan Walker. No, no, no. And I go back to my original thought. I think it's Gorman. I think you have to, Anthony. Show us Nolan Gorman. Stormin' Gorman. He's taking the league by storm. That's odd for me. That's odd for me. You got Walker, who's been hitting as high as five at times, and now you drop him to seven? Because there's no way Walker's not in here at seven, right? If he's not, then I think we, uh, I think we protest. If he's not, is he getting a day off? Why would he need a day off? He's 21 and he's hot. Well, he did have that illness before. Yeah, and he played. No, Ish. the one game he got. Oh, he got one rested. off. Rested. I think it's be in this I think it's got to be Jordan Walker. Yes, agreed. Go ahead. Show us Jordan Walker. Walk it, walk it. What a shame. Oh. He's not in. There's no way then he can't be in. So this is Paul DeYoung. Or wait, I'm getting hasty here. This is where I start to get DC. angry and impatient. It could, it could be D.C. It could be DeYoung. Edmund is probably ninth. Well, then you wouldn't need D.C. then. Well, if Gorman's in, is he the D.H. or is he second base? Because if Walker's out, Gorman's probably the D.H. And then Donovan is at second? Yeah. Oh, boy. This is... All right. I think it's Dylan Carlson. I think it has to be at seven, no? Uh, not if Tommy Edmonds is ninth. Why? Why well, can't Carl- play yeah, if Tommy yeah. Edmonds playing? No, I've, I've, listen, I'm I'm thinking through this. Okay, <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm walk panicking him. right now. I'm, I'm, we have I'm, not had a good lineup game, so let's slow down and let's think about this. Okay. You're saying who? Carlson here? I'm saying uh, yes, Dylan Carlson. Okay, all right, let's go DC. Come with you. Show us DC. Show us DC. Sorry, guys. So who have we said? Walker? DC? We haven't said Paul DeYoung yet. Go for it. Show us the king. No, no, no. Edmund? 
I don't think Edmonds is high. I think Edmonds nine. But at this point, who else? You got Walker, DC, DeYoung, Edmund. Who are we missing? I can put Burleson in there. Are they? Does Burley get a day at the plate? He is not. He has not played in a long time. I know, but who cares? I t- I don't. But I'm trying to get the, this right. We show only me, have a four, we only have a four hour Anthony, show. Sometimes you have to be bold. Show me Alec Burleson. Come wow. on! Wow! Holy smokes! Okay. What are we doing here? Burlington is way too slow to be in the outfield. No question about You're it. Not wrong, Jim. Okay, so he's got to be the DH, right? <laughs> I no, don't know. I don't he doesn't know. have to be. I don't know. You, you, I don't even know if you have a. You don't. You, you've got no outfielders right now. No, you got. Yeah, you do. You got Newt. You got Donovan, maybe. Okay, you got Newt, but Donovan, but you got Gorman in here too. Where the hell's Gorman playing? Second base or DH, DH or the second baseman? All right, so here in the eighth spot, it's got to be Dylan Carlson. I think it got, it's got to be Dylan Carlson, Tommy Edmund. What about DeYoung? Yeah, I forgot <laughs> about him. Unless Car- Nude is playing center, but does why would Carlson you take DeYoung? get a day off? I guess. Or does Edmund get it? I can't remember the last time Edmund got a day off. I, I would think Edmund would get the day off. DC would be in there All right. So after two hits yet last night. Who the hell's batting DeYoung, I think DeYoung. Why I, would you take DeYoung out after yesterday? I wouldn't. Show us Paul DeYoung. Let's go Anthony, here. who cares oh, what man. you think? That's a, Janet just... So who the hell's our shortstop then today? Tommy Edmund. Why? I don't know. Did uh, did Ollie uh, get into the cough syrup a little bit here? All right. Show us Tommy Edmund. Mm. <laughs> God dang it. <laughs> Who's uh, left? Walker. DC Carlson New, uh, uh, Oscar Mercado. Okay, so let's let's say <laughs> it's old Merck back in the lineup. Hold on, let's say that Edmonds batting ninth and he's your shortstop. Okay, let's let's reverse engineer this thing. Contreras catcher, Arnado third, Goldschmidt first. Or is Kisner playing? Kisner played yesterday. So I don't think he's I don't think he's back in the but lineup. Who's pitching today? Michaelis. He likes kids, daddy. Gorman can be your second baseman. Burleson is your new to center. Burleson's your DH. Donovan can play left. This is this is DC. This is Carlson. I've lost track of who the hell. I have reverse engineered this. I'm confident we've had a rough one, but this is Dylan Carlson. Hey, Carl. Yes. Oh Good to see you. Now it's Tommy Edmund because you need a shortstop. Show it us, Tommy Edmund. You oh, got it, guys. That was quick. Well, he's disgusted. I don't blame him. He's disgusted in this. Marshy, I know you're disgusted, but you do you do realize that we have to say show us. I don't like that you went rogue on that. Like, I, I love you as a person, and I love mm. the way you work and what you do around here, mm. but Anthony has made it clear before, and I don't want you to feel the wrath that other board ops have felt before. Wait for I Anthony. definitely don't want the wrath. Yeah, wait or for the Anthony, Anthony to say, show us, or you just never know. Jamie, thank you. I could spin that and say I knew exactly where he was going, considering you guys brought it up at I least know, but, ten times. Hey, you know, Marsh? Anthony with his rules. Marsh? That's true. He's got the six rules of Hubbard Radio. I do. <laughs> I do. And what's number one? No cursing. No. No, no eye contact. No eye Anthony. contact. Oh, and that's right. That's right. 
Number two, don't talk to Anthony unless he talks to you. Thank you. That's true. You know, Jamie reviews that list every single day. Something you might need to do, Marsh. Okay. Now run it for us. All right, leading off in left field, Brendan Donovan batting second. First baseman, Paul Goldschmidt. Batting third, center fielder Lars Newtbar. The cleanup hitter, third baseman Nolan Arenado. Batting fifth, catching Wilson Contreras. Batting sixth, second baseman Nolan Gorman. Batting seventh, your DH, Alec Burleson. At least he's the DH. Batting eighth, <laughs> in right field, Dylan Carlson. And batting ninth, the shortstop. Oh my God. Tommy Edman. <laughs> Oh, I'd actually pay for that. <laughs> I don't believe watching him drag down. Could you imagine Ollie's so frustrated? He goes, "Fine, watch this." Burley get in center field. All right, Jamie, go ahead. Oh, I'm disgusted with myself right now. Um, wow. Uh, I think. It's quite a ways down there, but you know what? I'm going to go out here, and, and I think Newt Bar gets one tonight. The Newt? The Newt. Newt, there it is. I was going to go Gorman, but I don't think it'll get to Gorman. So I'm going to go with Newt. All right. I don't think any of these guys got track records again. Oh, Arenado's got a home run. I'll take Nolan Arenado. He's got one off Javier. Let's go that route. Marsh? I think tonight's going to be a Brendan Donovan home run. One of those home like runs off? where, no, not lead off per se, but uh, one of those home runs where you really need it late in the game. Hmm. He's usually pretty good for one of those every now and then. So I think tonight going up against a uh, Christian Javier who's 7-1, could be dealing. Uh, Brendan Donovan, big home run tonight. All right, there you have it. That's your... Uh, <sighs> That's your lineup game. I Sorry th- about that. Someone wrote, uh, finally something you guys are worse at than the gauntlet. Hmm. Hey, we won wow. yesterday. If you uh, were trying to hurt us today, you have succeeded. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. You have succeeded. What can Doug Armstrong do with the two late first-round picks tonight? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. same time with top players it, it's one thing to to do a bounce back or a rebuild or retool with with no picks it's harder to do you know have, having uh, the number of draft picks the amount of equity we were able to acquire uh, via draft capital last trade deadline is, is going to serve us well uh, today tomorrow and in the future that was doug armstrong exclusive interview that he did with our guy t-bone from Pecan Ferrario, Tanner, is down in Nashville, along with Alex Ferrario, who will be doing a live 6 o'clock NHL draft show. And we're going to check in with Alex in the 5 o'clock hour. Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider with The Athletic, will also join us at 4.30, so a lot of Blues coverage to come. Uh, But, Jamie, when it comes to the two later first-round picks tonight, we have discussed this. We don't think, JR, speaking of which, he doesn't think, that Doug Armstrong will make three picks tonight. 
What do you think Army could do with those picks ahead of the draft tonight? Yeah, I, you know, Doug Armstrong is a heck of a poker player when it comes to the hockey world. And Army on record today saying that uh, as of right now, he'll be picking with those two. So contrary to what we thought of that, yeah, he's not going to go up to the podium three times. Army says, yeah, he's ready to do that. Which tells us that he's definitely not going to do that. You could read into that any way you want, but I just don't see why you would. Like, I don't know why you would. The, the, you're not stocking the cupboard that deep at the end of the first round with, with two guys there. Army might try to trade away for the rights to a player, a player, and maybe somebody else's second-round pick. Right now, currently, the Blues don't have a second-round pick. I don't know. There's still work to be done here. Uh, one would think that he could attach one of those players still to a current roster player and move that for another pick or another young player it's tough to say like between now at the three o'clock in the afternoon until draft time tonight there's gonna be a lot of action and we'll see what army does with those picks originally i thought there's no way that you're picking two guys that late in the first round and your 10th overall pick Mm -hmm. but at this point if he doesn't get a better offer on the table You know, you always have to be looking at the one-year, three-year, five-year window for your hockey club. And if Army ends up having to go to the podium three times, the bottom two players are in your part of your three-year window, maybe your five. You got first-round picks. You use them, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, because you you can wind up trading your your future first-round picks. You could. And you just view it as well. I also collected some first-round picks from 2023 so that makes sense too yeah what would you do jamie i'm not this is this is separate realize i'm talking to a listener here this is separate from what doug armstrong could do what would you do personally i'd like to transform one of those picks or both of those picks for a current rostered player i think that there's some options um out there you know each team in the nhl has some options out there for you and a lot of teams that, if you look at teams that maybe don't have a first-round pick right now, there's a number of teams that have sacrificed, they've mortgaged everything. You float a first-rounder at them, maybe for a player that's a depth guy on, on their team, mm-hmm. but you look at it and go, there's value there, whether it's a third- or fourth-line guy. You don't have your whole four lines established just yet, and you'd still like to get some competition before training camp starts. Maybe you look at some of those things. Personally, I still, if I'm Doug Armstrong, I'm trying to move one of my defensemen. Like, I've got to move somebody. Because when you go through the list right now, you've got Letty, Pareko, you've got Falk, you've got Krug, you've got Scandella, Bortuzzo, Perunovic. Like, you've got too many guys. Tyler Tucker. So no, you've got like eight guys that are possible NHL players for you. Nine, if you stretch it out just a little bit further, that's too much. Obviously, you can't bring that many guys into the regular season. Yeah. So I would take a first-round pick. And if Marco Scandella is a player that you're looking to move on from and you want to alleviate $3.2 million on the salary cap, well, Marco Scandella plus a late first-round pick is way more attractive to a team sure. than Marco Scandella alone, mm-hmm. especially since he's on the last year of his deal. 
teams look at that if it's a team that's looking in a rebuild or they're they're in the middle of their retool rebuild, but they need a steady veteran guy. They've got some cap space, but they're still looking for the future. Now all of a sudden they got a draft pick in the first round and they picked up a top six defenseman. And maybe they already gave up their first round pick in a previous trade. One hundred percent. So you start looking for teams that might do that. You know, your top four guys, they've got the full no trade clause. Marco Scandella has a seven team, seven team, no trade clause. So he's picked seven teams in the league he will not go to. Everybody else is fair game. Everybody else is fair game. So if I'm Doug Armstrong, uh, if it's me doing it and I have to try and find some cap space and create roster spots for some of my guys that I'm bringing in, whether it's Perunovic or Tyler Tucker – you know, maybe you kick the tires too on attaching the other one to a Robert Bortuzzo. Mm-hmm. And now Scandella and Bortuzzo go and you, you know, bring maybe some second round pick or maybe you just get a fifth round pick. Whatever it is, you're making space for some of your younger guys and you're making some salary cap room. I think that's part of the options that Army's got to look at. But I wouldn't be surprised that Army, you know, it, he's a. He's a stickler when it comes to like getting the right deal. If it's not there, he'll be up at the podium three times. Well said. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ES- ESPN. I mentioned this yesterday. Is it more in regards to the Cardinals? Is it more about the who than the what? I'll expand on that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Rule number four. Rule number four. We just added a rule to Marshy's list there. If you miss anything, you can check that out on the podcast. We talked about uh, important mm-hmm. list. Podcast will be available after the show. All brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's hand out some El Monstero tickets right now. 101 ESPN. That's us. We have your chance to score a pair of tickets to see El Monstero next Saturday night, July 8th at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Tickets for El Monstero are now on sale. They're celebrating their 50th anniversary of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. You can text in right now to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646 to win tickets to El Monstero, but you got to have the correct answer to the trivia question we're about to throw out to you. So there is a an El Monstero. I'm sure you know, the fans already know this. I'm sure a lot of you already know this. The St. Louis-based rock band dedicated to Pink Floyd. They have several members from other St. Louis area bands. One of them is from the Urch. Which member from The Urge is also in El Monstero? If you know the correct answer to this, 314-399-9646, you can win those tickets to go see El Monstero next Saturday. And you can get all ticket information and find a bonus chance to register to win free tickets at 101ESPN.com or check out the 101 ESPN app. Jamie, I had mentioned this yesterday, and let me first start off by saying, so I don't sound hypocritical, I, I in the past especially about the Cardinals, have talked about adding talent. Just add talent, just add talent, just add talent. Mm. And add top-of-the-roster talent. And I and I believed it. I believed it then. I still believe it to, to some degree. But they've done that. They've added to the top of the roster. They've added to the top of the roster with Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. Now you've got some emerging young talent like Jordan Walker and Nolan Gorman. 
they've got Wilson Contreras is one of those guys. He's not a superstar, but that is somebody who earned the eighty plus million dollar contract that he got. And if he didn't get it from St. Louis, who's going to get it from somebody else? World Series catcher, top catcher on the market. They added to the top of the roster. I don't think it's with this Cardinals team. I don't think it's 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 about the what. And the what would be talent. Just add talent. I think it's about the who at this point. And if you're John Mozeliak, yes, you need to add starting pitching. You have to. You have to for next year. And if it doesn't work out with the pitchers that you have in the pipeline, you're going to have to continue to add pitching. You brought it up yesterday. I agree. Take the, fly, take the sledgehammer to the fly with pitching. Shotgun approach. Just add it. Add it at the deadline this year, add it in the offseason, add it in trades, add it in free agency, add it in the draft. You don't have pitching. If you don't have pitching, you have anything. But, Jamie, I think what we have found out for, with this with this Cardinals team specifically, it's about the who. Do they have the right players on this roster to accomplish what they want to accomplish? That is a question that John Mozeliak, if, if I, I'll just say it this way, if I'm Mo. I'm asking myself that daily. And if and if I don't think the answer is yes, I need to figure out who needs to go. It's not just about who's on an expiring contract. It is who can I not trust to win us or to help help win us games in the future. This team is too talented to be fifth in the NL Central. And I think a lot of us want to say, well, it's just the manager. It's the coaching staff. You have to look at the players at some point, too. So who on this roster is not contributing to the overall picture? Because you can have goals and you can have strategies, but if you don't have the right people in place, and Jamie, I know you know this because you own companies, you can have the goal, you can have the best strategy. We're going to do this, and the company works, and I've got this model to show me profits. If you don't have the right coaches, it ain't going to work. No, you're right. So, so let's break it down then. Okay. I shouldn't have said coach. People. If you don't have the right people, it's not going to work. Yeah, you were referring to one of my companies with Synergy Hockey. Correct, but Synergy I didn't want it. I didn't. Dot com. Yes, plenty of very few spots available. So you better hurry up. So you open up that clear camp. We'll get to that a little bit later. Ah, that's a bonus. I didn't. Lots mean... of spots available for that. <laughs> well, he hasn't opened it, Marsh. Yeah, you know, at some point, no Marsh signing up. Yeah. You, well, you and I, I mean, we've I a couple of guys sign up. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. I'm you ready. No, there's no registration. <laughs> so let me ask you a question then. Yeah. Okay. I try. There is, I know you're going to find this hard to believe. There are things in my life, uh, past and present, that I'm very reactionary towards. Mm -hmm. And there's other things where I'm more patient. If I'm the Cardinals right now, if I'm John Mosley, like we already know the be patient, okay? We we get the joke. We created part of the joke. Sure. We had t-shirts that prove it. They're comfy, too. I love mine. They're really good t-shirts. Yeah. are you taking this season and saying, that's it, this team's not good enough? Or are you taking the last two or three seasons, averaging it out for each player that's on your roster, whoever has been on your roster, and finding out where the real problems are? Like, are you looking at, the, is this a one-off? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like next year, if you took the exact same roster, obviously the pitching staff beat it, and you dropped it into the central division, like could this team win the division? If it can, 
is it time to blow it up? It's a great question. So that that's what I look at, as reactionary as I want to be, yeah. and just be like, get rid of everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of this team. Yep. You also have to sit back and go, okay, this is a really bad season, but last year we won the division. And the year before we made the playoffs, and the year before, like, oh, so let's look at it as we understand we don't just want to limp in, and if you sure. if you get in, you can do it. We'd like to be more competitive, but is this a one-off? If it is, I'm not trading Goldie. I'm not kicking the tires with Arna. I'm not getting rid of some of the guys. I'm hanging on to them in the thoughts of, what if we had better pitching to start this season? Mm-hmm. What if we had seven more wins right now? I don't know. It's a great question. If if it's me and, I, and I'm Mo and I view this as a one-off, then I'm either going to be in this exact same spot again next year or two years down the road. If I don't have the right pe- personnel, this will pop up again. I would. But what view if you it, do have the right personnel that just isn't playing good? What did you What did you have last year? What did you have last year that you don't have this year? Albert and Yachty. Albert and Yachty. Kind of goes to my point about the who, not necessarily the what. Uh-huh. Now Albert and Yachty are retired, and Yachty, we've brought this up before. Yachty played only what seventy some odd games last year. He games. wasn't around seventy eight games. He wasn't around all that much. However, when he was around. I think we can all agree as Cardinals fans, his presence carries a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Albert. So you take those two guys out of the equation this year, and you're left with what? You're left with a really, really hardworking team. Are you really hanging it all on Albert and Yachty? No, but I am acknowledging what I'm missing on this roster. There is something inevitably missing besides pitching. So can you go at it without tearing it down, though? I don't think that you get to this point. I don't think you have to tear it down, by the way. I don't think you have to tear it down to the studs. But I don't think you get to this point if you have the right people, if you have the right personnel. There's got to be people, there's got to be players on this roster that they may have talent, but for whatever reason, it's, it's it's, it's missing the mark. They need winners. They're not available. Sure. Absolutely. Proven winners. I don't disagree with that. And the argument from a lot of Cardinals fans is that Goldie and Arnato aren't winners. And in the biggest moments, they don't seem to be there. I'm not saying that one way or the other, but if you look at the last couple of Octobers, you, you kind of, you, the numbers are right there. The numbers don't like the analytics. <laughs> The numbers are all around us. The numbers are all around you. Lisa Lisa likes to talk about it, and it's very hard to measure. That's why we don't talk about it that much. But there is something to the clutch factor. You can't measure it, but you know it when you see it. Jamie, I'm sure you played with guys that might not been in the most may have may not have been the most talented guys, but you needed them throughout the season. There was something about them whether they took a slap shot in the teeth during a losing streak or they they were the ones that showed up, you know, and, and always seemed to make the play in the third period to cause a turnover, to score, or whatever. You needed that guy. Might yeah. not be the top of the roster guy, but you needed them. And I wonder if the Cardinals are lacking that guy right now. 
Nolan Arenado is incredibly talented. Goldschmidt, incredibly talented. They've got, you know, Don, I would keep Donovan. I would keep Tommy Edmond. But you have a roster so like really. Looking, because what you're doing is you're literally telling me the same thing that we I talked want, about last week. I got. I need starting pitching. Firing contracts I, are all gone. And I need veteran. And I need veteran players to Marsh's point that have won before. So how are you getting them? Free. I think that's where you can go with free agency. And you think this team's going to do that? Yeah, because we're not talking about we're you not talking that. about we're not talking about Aaron Judge. We're talking about guys that. A Carlos Beltran just is a perfect example of great that. Great player to bring in. Two-year right contract, exactly. Uh, Lance Berkman, you brought in in 2011. You know, he's gone off the reservation. I apologize for bringing up this name, but you know, Aubrey Huff, when the Giants signed him in 2010, wound up making a huge deal. Carlos Beltran, when he was with Houston, we 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 know how things kind of transpired in Houston, but they brought him in, and a lot of those young players talked about. Beltran being the guy whenever when the when the crap was hitting the wall that said, Hey, we're fine. Calm down. Or he pushed them when he needed to push them. There seemingly is that guy on every team. Jan Gomes, every every winning team. Jan Gomes has moved around throughout his career and has kind of been that missing piece for mm-hmm. for certain teams. Maybe not to win a World Series, but when when they're in contention. There's another player too. That uh, that was that guy for a while. I'll think of it. I'm thinking of uh, in hockey terms, a guy like Corey Perry. He was bouncing those one year contracts, bouncing from team to team. He was in the Stanley Cup final for like three, four guys, years I'm in a with row. You. What about Pat Maroon? Okay, guys, there I'm you with go. you. I'm with you on this. But what are you getting rid of? Like, where are you going with this? It, you want to go sign a role player for baseball? A guy that's probably predominantly going to be a bench bat for you, but he's good in the locker room? Fine. If that's your biggest difference maker, you're screwed. You're screwed. You need guys that actually play, that are relevant, that can do that and show up. Okay. How has that worked out for you this year? What hasn't? You don't Listen, Anthony, I don't think you have the right guys. I think Paul Gold, I don't know anything about Paul Goldschmidt. From the outsider's perspective, looking in, he's way too quiet. Do I know that he's that way in the clubhouse? No idea. Mm-hmm. But my perspective of is it a Goldie's way too quiet. Arenado is a bit of a psychopath, but it's it's like almost like it's a it's an internal. He's like a Tasmanian devil. Yeah, like everything going internal. on around him is like irrelevant. Not yes. that he doesn't care, but it's all about him. Not in a bad way because he wants to play so what you're well. And so then you look at Wayno. Wayno is a great leader, but he's struggling this year. How much of Wayno do you think he's giving to other players right now when he's battling his own demons of not playing well, plus it's his last season? Mm-hmm. Newbar came in with a ton of energy and this and that. That's kind of dissipated too. Mm-hmm. So, like, where are you getting the fire, the passion from? And it can't just be a Taylor Motter that you bring in that's a great guy. And I heard about Trace Barreras. I'm like, man, he was great. We loved having right. him around. It was irrelevant when it came to winning games, though. So you've got to go find a guy that can play and bring this to you. And in order to do that, you're going to have to spend or give up pl- like prospect currency because those guys are rare, and that's why they cost you a lot of money. Well, I just don't know how the Cardinals do that. I, I don't I don't have specific – James Harrison is another – James Harrison's bounced around a lot. Like James Harrison, as soon as he hit the field, like there was something magnetic to him. Man, he can hit. He was just that guy that like was acquired at the deadline for a contender, and then they make a, they make a run. There is there, Jamie. I to your point, I'm not giving you specific examples of like the Cardinals should do this. So I apologize about that. I just 
again, I, accepted. I'm with you that there's 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 guys on this roster that Mo's going to have to figure out that, that you got you got to go, you got to go trade whatever to bring in to open up spots to bring in some of those some of those pieces. Quick example, thanks, Dad brings this up. This guy's on a one year deal. Could be interesting given the fact that he's on the San Diego Padres, but a guy like Nelson Cruz who also bounces ah, from team to team. Ugh. But he's one of those guys. He's, he's one of those veteran 53 guys. Fifty-three years old. But it's an example, he's Jamie, gonna, of what we're talking if about. If Nelson Cruz not, gets the ball over the goal line, I mean, come on. I like movie. Nelson Cruz. I was a big fan. We used to do our. Uh, he's not a football player. No, Nelson Cruz. When yeah. we used to do what was that game we played? Uh, yeah, what was the game that BT destroyed because yeah. he wasn't doing well? The home run. We'd pick a home run. Was I'd always pick a Bet home the board. Run. Bet the board. Nelson Cruz was my horse, but and, Nelson Cruz is not like. It, a Nelson Cruz type. Nelson Cruz type. Grant, yeah. Nelson Cruz is batting 250 and doesn't I, I, I have type. more than 10 home a runs. A Nelson but, Cruz type. But absolutely, I agree. Anthony, I brought his name a James up. James Harrison I don't type. Wanna, Thanks, Dad. I don't brought wanna, his name up. I don't want a fictitious player. Uh, well, this type of guy. No. Who? Shohei Otani. That's it's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Why not, why not Arnado? Why Goldie and not Arnado when it comes to trade talks? It's snacks on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Chip Carey, Bally Sports Midwest on the call. Nolan Arenado with a nice night last night for the Redbirds as they beat the Astros 4-2 at Bush Stadium. Game two tonight between the two teams, Miles Michaelis versus Christian Javier. It'll be 6:45 first pitch again at uh, Bush Stadium. Congratulations to Jason from St. Charles. He won the El Monstero tickets. He had the correct answer to our trivia question today, which was which member of the Urge is also in El Monstero. Any any guesses, guys? No? John Pisoni, oh, the drummer. I didn't know what you were talking about. I was... Oh, you were yeah. not paying attention. <laughs> I wasn't. That's... I stopped listening, Anthony. Okay. I mean, I, Fair enough. I'm sure what you're saying was very important, and I apologize. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Did you feel that way? Oh, John Pisoni is our guy. He he drums for the Urge. He's also an El Monstero. Great Big guy. guy too. He's oh, they're huge uh-huh. hockey fans. The Urge, the Urge is a huge hockey fan. Uh, yeah, they're good dudes. Group. Man. Yeah. We did that event what not too long ago uh, at the pageant. Remember uh, for, for Jeff, Jeff Burton? Yeah. And uh, those guys were there. I always like hanging out with those guys. They're great. John and Jerry were on our show a lot during the turn days. Mm. Did you have an opportunity to talk to them during the turn? Uh, yes. John and Jerry? Yeah, they came in here. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, we had them in here, both of them, and we talked to them. I was, he yeah. was here for that, yeah. They're fantastic. They always got great We're great looking to get too. those guys on the Last Minute Blues podcast. Oh, they'll go on, Yeah, for I know sure. they will. Don, I, like Donnie, how I'm talking about them. No, Donnie, obviously, is really good friends with all those guys. Mm-hmm. We talked about it that night at the pageant, and now it's just kind of pulling it together. I think it'd be a lot of fun to get the urge, especially, you know, Famous local musicians that have a great musical career and Absolutely. also love hockey. 
Be and, good. Of, and of course, the urge they they got the new ish to the last couple of years now. The blues goal song, yeah. of course, is the urge. Our guy BK, we're just we're just talking about the last segment. We're talking about the I presented it as is it more about the who, the players, than the what. Our guy BK also threw out some names that we discussed in the break. The 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 missing pieces of sort, and one of the guys he threw out there, I wish I came to my mind, uh, was Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson is a perfect example of somebody that has got this confidence and swagger to him that may not put up outstanding numbers throughout the course of the year, but is going to put up very good numbers for you. Will play, and also has a tendency, as we know from Tommy Pham, to tick off the other team. He's got. He's just got that it factor well, about him. He's got some swag to him. He don't care. Doesn't care. California cool. He doesn't care who he's pissing off. And like drop that bombs. type of guy. Yeah, and he gets home runs, which is nice too. Uh, Kyle Schwarber is nothing, but Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber is one of those guys. But he's. I mean, we're talking about big time money. You're not getting Kyle. Schwarber. No, you could have had him. You, you could have. But BK also. He threw out. He threw out this, which I thought was interesting. So he he listed off Jock Peterson's records. So seventy three and sixty four, sixty four and seventy. That's Jock's Jock Peterson's team's records in the last two full seasons when he plays. So is he the guy who steps up in the regular season, or is he or is he that guy that's typically only able to become the winning player in the postseason? In other words, is it possible that Walker, Donovan, Newt, Gorman are the guys that we're talking about, or the guy that we're talking about? But they're lacking that playoff opportunity. Get the pitching to get in, and you can find out. BK brings up a really good point. The what is the pitching? You you need pitching. My point is, I I wonder even if you do get the pitching, do you have the right mix of players? You need the pitching regardless, which is what we keep coming back to, Jamie. Go out to be competitive. Trade deadline, get it. Yes. But at the, at the end, while you're doing that, here's my point. While you're doing that, while you're trying to acquire the pitching at the deadline or in the offseason, are there guys on this roster that that you know aren't, and we'll just categorize them as quote-unquote winning players, that you can part with? Well, all of them right now. <laughs> True. Except for Adam Wainwright and Contreras. Contreras. The rest of them, nobody else is. Yeah. So that kind of gives you... You know, free reign. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going out looking to acquire winning players or who's not a winning player on your team, I mean, how many playoff series have you won in the last handful of years? That'd be zero. Yeah. So nobody's part of a, like. Good call, Jamie. This is why you got to do a, a full rebuild, completely tear it down to the studs. No. no That's what Jamie said. Do, no. And uh, <laughs> I think it's an I interesting said. point, something we need to think right, about. Then, thank you so much. The Gauntlet is next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. 402, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. It's time for the gauntlet with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. And we welcome in Matt. We had a Matt yesterday, got a Matt today. What's up, Matt? Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing great. Thanks for asking. You ready to go? I am ready. All right. Who would you like to face today, Jamie, Marsh, or myself? So I was on 1.0. 
first day, I absolutely demolished BT. Uh, came back the next day, and Jamie crushed my soul. So I'm going to have to go with Jamie. <laughs> Revenge game for you. I like wow. that. Nice job, Matt. Sounds good. All right, Matt. Good luck, buddy. <clears throat> All right, so as Jamie makes his way into the cone of silence, Matt, go ahead and tell Marsh to spin that wheel. Let's see what category you get today. Uh, spin that wheel, Marshy. What are we hoping for, Matt? Uh, hoping for baseball. Hoping for baseball. What do you not want? Uh, usually I would say football, but with Jamie, I'd rather not do hockey. All right, so you did. Not, you, one of the things that you mentioned, you did get today. Uh, okay. <laughs> And it's baseball. You got baseball right, today. It's it's a category you wanted. Second, Matt, today uh, in the last two days. Second time we're going to be doing some baseball trivia. As Matt knows, two uh, four questions, each worth two points. If Matt or Jamie need the options today, those questions are only worth one point. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, here we go, Matt. In route to their 2011 World Series championship, who did the Cardinals defeat in the NLDS in five games? Uh, the Phillies. Final answer? Final answer. Question number two. The Cincinnati Reds currently lead the NL Central. What year did the Reds last win the NL Central? Oh, man. Um, it's probably like, uh, like 08 or 2010 or something. I don't know if I say the options. They're both going to be on there, but... I will take the options. Your options are 2008, 2010, or 2012. Yeah, you kidding me? Um, <laughs> let's go with let's go with 2010. Uh, Final answer. Final answer. All right, Matt. Question three: How many Cardinals have hit ten or more home runs this season? How many Cardinals have hit ten or more home runs this season? Let's go with three. Final answer? Final answer. Question number four. The Angels put up 25 runs in a single game against which team recently? The Rockies. Final answer. All righty. Well, welcome in Jamie. We'll get Jamie back. That, was a, that was a quick round. It was. Yeah. Matt, was uh, Matt was locked in here. Matt, how you feeling? Uh, all right. I think I, I know for sure I got two, so. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Jamie's putting in his headphones right now. He's I'm got, trying, all tang- he's got them all tangled here. up. Let's see if he goes with – let's see if he takes his time and, and unravels yeah. them or if he, if he does the thing where what we all do sometimes is when we, like, we hunch down. Yeah, and just shove and have it in it, there. Yeah. And you just know have what it he all is, tangled Anthony, up. right? He, he's not prepared. <laughs> well, I'm prepared. Oh, wow. Andrew, you call that your own game. You worry about my oh, All right. You won't have to look to find me, pal. <laughs> Marshy, I did not expect that. All right, Jamie, you ready? No. Nope. Marsh, tell him. <laughs> Back along. <laughs> Jamie, your category today is baseball. Yes! Here Let's we go. go. In route to their 2011 World Series championship, who did the Cardinals defeat in the NLDS in five games? In 2011 NLDS. Options, please. Braves, Brewers, Phillies. Brewers, final answer. Question number two. The Cincinnati Reds currently lead the the NL Central. What year did the Reds last win the NL Central? Oh, my God. 
Woof. Options, please. Options are 2008, 2010, or 2012. 2012. Final answer. Jamie, question number three. How many Cardinals have hit 10 or more home runs this season? This season? This season. Paul DeYoung, uh, Nolan Gorman. Uh, Has Arenado got the double digits yet? Wow. Goldie. I'll go with four. Final answer. Question number four. The Angels put up 25 runs in a single game against which team recently? Colorado Rockies. Final answer. All right. Let's go over these. Matt versus Jamie today. Let's start with the last question. The Angels put up 25 runs in a single game against which team recently? Matt, you said the Rockies. Jamie, you said the Rockies. Correct answer is... It's the Rockies. And neither of you needed the options. Nice job, guys. 2-2 tie between Jamie and Matt. Let's go to question one. En route to their 2011 World Series championship, who did the Cardinals defeat in the NLDS in five games? Matt, you went with the Phillies. Jamie, you went with the Brewers. Correct answer is... It's the Philadelphia Phillies. It is the Phillies. They played the Brewers in the NLCS. Maybe that's what you're thinking of, Jamie. Yeah, whatever. Either way, Matt did not need the options, so he's got a 2-0 lead over Jamie. How many Cardinals have hit 10 or more home runs this season? Matt, without the options, you said three. Jamie, without the options, you said four. Correct answer is... It's four. We got a tie game. Arnado, Gorman, Goldschmidt, and DeYoung, the four that you had mentioned, Jamie... You nailed it. So, 4-4. Four, four. four points for Matt, four points for Jamie. It comes down to this. Both of you used the options on this one, so we know that w- at least you know one of you didn't just take a wild stab at it. <laughs> the Cincinnati Reds currently lead the NL Central. What year did the Reds last win the NL Central? Jamie, you said 2012. Matt, you said 2010. Here's how this is going to work. If Jamie, if it's 2012, Jamie wins. If it's 2010, Matt wins. If it's 2008, which was the other option, well, we're going to a walk-off for a second straight day in baseball with a Matt. Speaking of which, Matt. You have chosen... Poorly. You lose. It wins 2012. Jamie wins today, five to four. Matt, I'm sorry, man. I know you felt good about it. You should have. In fact, Jamie absolutely needed that last question. To be it, it happens. I, I, I was not thinking Paul DeYoung when I'm thinking Cardinals homers, man. <laughs> You can't uh, you can't forget Boy. about the king. Yeah, Matt. You, yeah, that's okay. uh, it's a Matt a little disrespectful to the king there, but <laughs> totally understandable nonetheless. The Matt, king is gone. <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. See you later, man. Jamie, nice job. Baseball guy, Anthony. Told you. Nice job on that (laughs) one. I mean, if you the the Rockies won, the Rockies won essentially won it for you. But I'd argue it was the it was question three, getting getting the four, getting four, and getting it without the options. You you needed one of those. We did talk about the Rockies 
like the other day. Well, yeah. I think everybody's yeah. talked about it, sure. right? Like I, I did pause for a second. I was like, because I thought, wait a minute, are they throwing a trick question at me? Mm-hmm. Like, and I had to think, are they talking about this time or like the last time? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I almost, I almost didn't go with four. I almost went with three. And then I was like, no, no, no. I was banking. I don't know how you many. You said all the names. I even X'd him. I, even... I, I don't. I don't know how many gold he has. That's the problem. And I, I was sitting there going, Let's see here. It's a good question, Jamie. You came into this gauntlet very prepared. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. very proud of you. <laughs> oh yeah, hey, Andrew. Ha-ha. <laughs> what? Called me unprepared. What are you talking about? My Certainly. headphones got a mind of their own. He certainly I mean, did. They looked like a pretzel. It, that, that's usually my brain. They looked like how Anthony's looks right now, but he's just going through it. Oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> Anthony's a disaster with his headphones, Some, always. Whether they're those ones or the ones that he has to tape to the side of his head. Or... <laughs> <laughs> look, over one time, Anthony's got gorilla tape on the side of his face <laughs> holding his <laughs> This is fine, isn't it? Be fine. Yeah, he looks like a character from Blade Runner. I'm a professional, right? Still, he has to pee in one of the commercial breaks. <laughs> He's going to tear it off his skull. Yeah. It's a whole process in, the, in these commercial breaks. Sure is. Nolan Gorman... Uh, has 15 home runs. Nolan Arenado has 15. Goldschmidt has 13. Oh, wow. Young has 12. I thought Goldie had like 11. I was like, I think he barely got there. That's bad on me. When was the last time Gorman hit a home run? I feel like it's been a while. Uh, Obviously, he's gone through that that rough patch. He he hit one, what, last week, didn't he? I don't think it's been that long for him. It really feels like He hit one against Cincinnati Mm. on June 9th. In a 7-4 victory. So, so it's been a little while. He's only got two this month. 20 days. Yep. A little two this month. So not not a great month for Nolan Gorman. But of Guys, um, we got a little breaking news. What? In the NHL. 101 ESPN. Breaking news alert. Ivan Barbashev has signed a five-year contract extension with the Vegas Golden Knights. Wow. Five million per year. Good five times five. He doubled his salary with that performance. Good for him. That's how it should be done. It's a little surprising. It's a little surprising. I thought that Barbie would shop the market a little bit, maybe get to six million. Mm-hmm. But I guess why be greedy when you're in a good situation? He played first line with Eichel and Marcia, so you know that's where he'll start Won next cup. year. Won a cup. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to Ivan Barbashev, uh, five times five with the Vegas Golden Knights. Life is good, man. Yep. Life is good. Good for Ivan Barbashev. We're getting a five-year deal for Ivan Barbashev. Resigns with the Vegas Golden Knights. We didn't get to this. We didn't. We didn't have a ton of time, but I did want to get into it because I've so I've seen this on Twitter. If you're going to trade Goldschmidt, what about Arnado? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I saw this question posed on Twitter. And it's a good one, but for me, it, it's, a, it's a really simple answer, and I'm interested to hear, Jamie, your thoughts on it. But we've talked a lot this week, and in previous weeks, as I've, I've thrown it out there to you, Jamie. I've thrown it out to you, Marsh, and B- BT when he's been on. Would you trade Goldschmidt if you can get some pitching? And I know some people are, I don't know, this week, people are kind of warming up to it a little bit more. Certainly nationally, you're, it's, it's gaining some traction. 
if Goldie, why not Arenado? You know, why not? Why not? If you're going to go that route, why not trade Arenado as well and potentially get a haul for him? And for me, the answer is is simple. He plays a a spot that I don't have coverage for. Third base. I mean, you you could put Gorman there. You could put Jordan Walker there. But how far is the drop between Arnado defensively and what you're going to get offensively to one of those guys? Whereas Goldschmidt, yes, the production will will drop because you you're, you don't have Paul Goldschmidt there. But he's older. The contract comes up after next year. He's coming off an MVP season. Value has never been higher because he's been very good again this year. And I feel more comfortable putting Donovan, Walker, whoever, at first base, knowing that, no, I'm not going to get Goldschmidt's defense or, or offense, but I still feel pretty good about that. I'm not trading Nolan Arnauto. That is one guy that I'm I'm hanging on to because I think it's a situation where you're going to be looking for a third baseman sooner rather than later if you, tra- if you trade him. That's my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen, I agree with you here. We can't get irrational just because the Cardinals aren't having a good season. Paul Goldschmidt, if you squint long enough, it makes a lot of sense. Got a year left. You're going to get a tremendous amount of value for him on the trade market. It's not that you wouldn't get that value with Arenado. You probably would, but then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like you got a platinum glove winner. But eight, nine gold gloves. And the guy, I mean, he hits bombs. And recently picking up the hitting again, you're you're not replacing him. You can't. So the answer is a clear no for me. I, I don't I don't see any scenario why you would. I just don't. Yeah. It, it, well, the, the, here's here's the only reason why you would, and they're not going to do it. I don't think I mentioned this yesterday, just because I, I'm saying you know I would I would trade Goldie to, if he if he if he were to wait if he were to waive his no trade clause and I can get. I can get pitching. I would do it. One, Goldie doesn't have to go anywhere. He's got a no-trade clause, and as we talked about recently with Tory Krug, Goldschmidt could tell the Cardinals, go chase himself. I, I like it here in St. Louis. Does Arenado have one of those? Yes, absolutely. But the reason why you could do it is to completely rebuild. But the Cardinals aren't going to do that. They're not going to do that. Exactly. But you ask, you know, why? Why? Wh- yeah. What would be the benefit? Because you want to completely start over. And you see some of these other teams that are winning right now with youth. Don't know how long that's going to be. I don't think Cincinnati is going to suddenly be a force to be reckoned with, even though they're playing well right now. Miami is winning with some youth for now. But you could go that route if you wanted to really get crazy. And you could go in a completely different direction and just completely jumpstart a a rebuild. That's the only reason why why you could do it. You're not going to do that here in St. Louis. You're just not. You have too many pieces in place. The Cardinals are more like the Blues in this situation, to where you have too many pieces in place that are already there to start to be the foundation of something, a retool of some kind. Yeah. Look at the Blues just added Kevin Hayes, and it's changed. It's changed the look of the roster. Mm-hmm. So, if you look at the Cardinals, and let's say they move on from Paul Goldschmidt, you know, like like the Blues did with Ryan O'Reilly or Ivan Barbashev. You lost a guy that everybody really likes, hard worker, good guy, all that stuff. The writing was kind of on the wall. You'll suffer for it this year, but come next year in the offseason, you might be able to pick up a free agent, not first baseman necessarily, free agent player, because to your point, 
you've got a couple of guys who can slide over to first base. They're not going to give you Paul Goldschmidt gold glove. Brendan Donovan's pretty darn good over there, I will say that. You will miss Goldie, there's no doubt. But if you get rid of Arenado, like I just don't I just don't see where you're backfilling it the right way. I agree. Let me ask you this, Jamie. Do you think the do you think the Cardinals do need to retool? We could, we could both agree they're not going to rebuild. They probably shouldn't rebuild. The Blues right now would... I would describe what the Blues are doing and have been doing since the deadline last year is retooling. They are retooling their roster. They mm-hmm. use guys like O'Reilly, Tarasenko, Barbashev, who Jamie just mentioned, just re-signed with the Vegas Golden Knights. Who else am I missing? Well, you had Mikola head out the door, too. Um... That was it, I guess. Those are the three guy, three main guys that they they wound up trading. Okay, why am I drawing a blank on? I think no, I think that was it. So you trade you traded those three guys. You lost a Chari too. But yeah. Oh yeah, was no Chari. Really yeah. with but the we'll, team for we'll more include, than one season. Yeah, we'll include him. So good call on that. A Chari, you, you also dealt. Yeah. So you traded those four guys. You picked up Casper Kapanen. You picked up Verona. You picked up Sammy Blay. Mm-hmm. You go into the offseason. Now you pick up Kevin Hayes. You've got three draft picks going into tonight. You're retooling. You're not rebuilding. You're not trading. Oh, you, had you're not tra- of, you had a ton of pieces that are in place that make sense already. So they're they're retooling. Going back to the Cardinals, we can both agree they're not going to rebuild. Do you think the Cardinals need to retool, or do you believe that simply going out there, being aggressive in the free agent market, and adding pitching will help? Or not help. Sorry, not help. That's it. That's all they need to do. Just add pitching, and honestly, don't touch. Don't touch much. Much else. I honestly believe that that's the key to success here. I think the the Cardinals put up enough runs, even on a regular basis. Their defense has been sloppy this year. Okay, you can get back to basics though. Nolan Arenado is not going to have the same kind of season next year as he's having this year. Mm-hmm. He's going to go back to what you see on the back of his baseball card, and I would argue that the rest of the season. Uh, he's probably going to be better defensively. So as a team, if you tighten it up defensively, you've got 12, 12 games that you lost, 12 saves lost. If you polish that up a little bit, let's say you, you only have six saves lost. Look where that puts you in the division. Mm-hmm. Six more wins. So, And then starting pitching to start the season, that was less than desirable. You could have an extra 10 to 12 wins here right now, just currently having gotten better pitching overall. So let me ask you this then. Are you keeping Jordan Hicks at the deadline? Are you keeping Flaherty? Are you keeping Montgomery in efforts to re-sign them? Well, I don't think Monty's going to re-sign here. Mm -hmm. So I'm trading Monty, I'm trading Flaherty, and I'm trying to retain Hicks. Okay. We'll see what the price tag is for Hicks if he wants to uh, get get the, the, the closer's bump. Mm-hmm. And capitalize on it, and then you got to look, think to yourself, okay, who's my, who's my pivot? Is Helsley available? Is he the guy? Is he healthy? Does he want the job? Or do you keep? Or do you keep him? Oh, I see what you're saying. If you lose Hicks, I got you. If you if you're willing to part from Hicks right now, Hicks does a very specific job for you. Mm-hmm. Now it's slightly short lived because you know a year ago we were thinking about Ryan Helsley as you know I mean the next guy right the closer. Didn't end up being that way. Things kind of went sideways in the one playoff game, and then he's been kind of on a roller coaster since that, both performance-wise and health-based. So out of those three guys that you said to me, I'd rather pivot and try to hang on to Jordan Hicks. And if I can't, I'm not I'm not distraught. 
If he says, no, I can get more somewhere else, okay, fine. Fine. Marsh, do you think they need a retool, or are you more in line with Jamie and just add pitching and, and you're going you're gonna to be right back in it next year? I think I'm back and forth. I mean, at the end of the day, you're in last place of the worst division in baseball. Like, yeah, but a lot of that's attributed to your pitching. But again, even if you, like what you said, let's just say it's six, let's just say it's ten games, right? You're mm-hmm. still not a good team compared to the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the division. This We're comparing this team to the division. Yep. Again, the worst division in baseball. Well said. Why are we doing that? We should be comparing our team to the Atlanta Braves. We should be comparing them to... You know, Arizona Diamondbacks. Yeah, I mean, even then, like they're having a really good year. Like we should yeah, be comparing are. them to mm-hmm. the Texas Rangers. I thought the Texas Rangers did a great job at retooling their team. I don't even know if you what would you call that a rebuild because it's not like they used a ton of prospects. They went out and got guys. Yeah, and they, free agency. Yeah, they did the same thing that that the Phillies and the Padres have attempted sure. to do. I, I don't. They're doing it better than the other two, but yeah, this this year certainly. I don't know what I would call that. I, like I don't think like rebuilding, rebuilding is what we have seen in years past like with the, the Astros and the Cubs. I mean For that's sure. a full like, that's a full rebuild with what the Phillies and the Mets and the Rangers have done. That's yeah. that's just throwing that's throwing money at your problems. Yeah, I call it a reshaping. Sure, whatever. I don't know, but. Yeah. I don't know. At the end of the day, like, yeah, pitching is a huge problem for this team. I think literally everyone in the city could agree with that. But mm-hmm. also, the the offense is way too inconsistent, in my opinion. Like we've talked about it. Like at key moments, I mean, the runners in scoring position, the left runners left on base. Like you can't have that if you're going to be a championship team. Agreed. So I don't know if it's the players, if it's the staff that's not getting them prepared. We talked about analytics yesterday. Okay, are they? Are they getting the right information and, and digesting that information at the right time when when that moment comes up? And you know what I'm saying. So I, there's a plethora of problems here, and I don't know if it's fixable in one off season. No, I don't think it is. I agree. That's Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 at ESPN tonight. The NHL Draft. Our guy Alex Ferrario is live. In Nashville at Bridgestone Arena, you can listen to the NHL Draft live show at 6 o'clock immediately following us here in the fast lane. Alex is going to join us at about 5.30, but coming up next, Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider. What is he hearing? Talk to JR next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Well, our guy Jeremy Rutherford apparently is stuck in an Uber right now. Well, he's so. stuck in it? Like they can't get him out? Yeah. That's the I mean the Marsh said he's stuck in it, so that's what they I'm pick assuming. him up in a mini Cooper? You never know with Uber. Guys, guys, I think his ride is almost done. He's not stuck. Oh, I had visions of poor JR like struggling to yeah. get out of the Uber and like uh like he's taft in a bathtub. Yeah. Wow. Well, we'll ask him about it. Anyways, he needed a couple of minutes, so we'll we'll give him a couple of minutes. Hmm. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. As you know, the NHL draft is tonight, and as we uh, continue to remind you, Alex Ferrario is live from Bridgestone Arena. Six o'clock will be the live draft show for Alex. All brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling. So we'll hold off on the NHL draft talk for about five to ten minutes or so, but. 
Are you surprised at how the 2023 MLB season is shaping up? MLB.com gave handed out their biggest surprises in the first half, and not much of a surprise. The Cardinals are on the list. Go figure at number seven. Of the surprises? Yeah. Wow, I'd have them higher than that. I think I would, too. <laughs> Honestly. I mean, who had the Cardinals dead last on June 28th? I don't think one person. I was listening to well, maybe the six, I, I can one think eight. of one, yeah. <laughs> well, but I mean, okay, is he wrong? Not now, he isn't. No. I was listening to I think it was BK and Ferrario. They they had discussed, or maybe it was maybe it was the opening drive. Hell, I'll just throw uh, the Bloom Party in there too. So now we got representation just across the board. There. Somebody was talking about whether or not City SC's start is more support or where they are right now compared to where the Cardinals are at. What like what's the biggest surprise? I think it's the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't it know. City SC J- being in Jamie. first place? It has to be the Cardinals. But Anthony, stop for a second. Pause. You stop. L- you know, listen to me. City SC being an expansion team and being in first place at this stage of the season, that's a pretty big surprise, too. It's a pleasant surprise. It's a big surprise. The Cardinals are in dead and last. That's, you know what? That's a disappointing surprise, Anthony. That's the biggest surprise. It's not even close. I think you're wrong. Grow up, Jamie. I think you're wrong on this one, Anthony. Well, I'm sorry that I believed in City SC, especially after we talked to their outstanding coaching staff and front office. I'm sorry that I believed in Roman Berkey a lot more than you did. Oh, you did, huh? I did. Interesting. I said, this guy's going to scream at everybody. And get the job done. And that's exactly what he's done. All right, Anthony. Go ahead. Your biggest so the, surprise, the Cardinals. Ten, ten biggest surprises. Cardinals are seven. Their their top surprise at MLB.com was the upside-down National League West. I agree. That's a pretty big the surprise. Diamondbacks? The Diamondbacks at yeah. one. The Giants at two. The Dodgers at three. And the Padres at four. You would have had the Dodgers and Padres one, two, and Dodgers, whatever Dodgers, Padres, order. Giants. And then, and then the Diamondbacks. Maybe the Diamondbacks. <laughs> so that's certainly a big surprise. The first place Rangers and the first place Reds was was number two. I think that's good. The Rangers I don't know have made if some I'm big surprise with the Rangers. Yeah, everything came together. Everything's coming together with them. And Bruce Bochy's done a, a great yeah. job. The Reds are certainly a surprise first place. The Orioles are nearly matching the Rays stride for stride. I don't know if that's a bigger surprise than the Cardinals. The Orioles had a good team last year. We I think we all picked them to make the playoffs this year, didn't we? I think we did. Which um, team? The Orioles. The Orioles. They were the up yeah. and coming. Yeah, the I don't know if that's team. a bigger surprise. Based on their upward trajectory at the end of last season, mm-hmm. where they made a lot of noise in the second half of the season, I don't know if it's a massive surprise. In that division, is it surprising that they're second with the Rays and the Yankees and the Blue Jays had high expectations too? Yeah, so that's maybe true. that's the bigger surprise is when you step back and look at it that way. Did you see Alec Manoa, by the way, yesterday? I think it was yesterday the day oh, before. Sheldon rookie ball. Rookie ball gave up eleven runs. Would you go trade for him? Absolutely, in a heartbeat. Yes, hundred percent. I wonder if now we're joking time. around about this. I would not be shocked if the Cardinals ended up doing that. Yeah, but I wouldn't be pissed either. Oh no, no. no. he's horrible right now. There is absolutely no doubt. But give me that horrible player, and let's see if we can work with this guy. Uh, absolutely, I, Toronto's not going to do it for the same reasons we're saying. I mean, his trade value has never been lower, but that was. All-star and ace last year. I would do it in a heartbeat. Are you kidding me? Number four, the best pitching staff. Speaking of pitching, the best pitching staff in baseball belongs to the Twins. That's number. That's their fourth biggest. Who's that surprise. young kid they got? 
Uh, Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. They got Joe Ryan. They got Sonny Gray. They have Pablo Lopez, who they acquired from Miami mm-hmm. in exchange for Luis Arise. Imagine if there's a guy like Pablo Lopez available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You only had to give up the batting champ for him, but nonetheless. Sonny Gray was a free agent the same year as Steven Matz. And I'm not saying that. They should have went out and gotten Sonny you Gray. Know, you no, you are. It's fine. Be to a say little it. patient. Be a little patient on Steven Matz. Okay, he's going to come around. His ERA plus, if you look at it, was lower than Steven Matz. Even though Steven Matz did really well in 2021, um, his ERA plus, was his, which is adjusted to the ballparks, mm-hmm. uh, was lower than than Steven Matz. All right, Marsh, hindsight being what it is. Number five, Luis Arise is still flirting with 400. Again, this is the MLB.com's biggest surprises of the first half. It's 10 big surprises. Number six, the team with MLB's biggest payroll could be sellers at the deadline. The Mets and Steve Cohen is who they're talking about. Cardinals in last place, that's seventh. Number eight, meanwhile, their rivals have two of the best starters in baseball. Has been the Mets. That's been dominant. In the National League this year, if you believe it, it's the Cubs with Justin Steele and Marcus Stroman. Number nine, Vlad Jr. has two home runs at home this year. Two home runs at Rogers Center. That's certainly a shock. And last but not least, we've all adjusted to the new rules. Apparently that was one of the biggest surprises. I think the Cardinals being in last place, I think it's, it's, it's a bigger surprise than uh the twins having the best pitching staff i wouldn't have had it that way but the orioles the orioles nearly matching the rays i think the, the cardinals are biggest surprise i think that the cardinals are hands down the biggest disappointment in baseball given that they're in last place by the way era plus i'm i'm an idiot you want to have a high one but it's only five lower than steven matz okay you, ERA plus, you want to have a higher. You want a ERA higher plus. ERA. So if you're at a 150 ERA plus, you're 50 mm-hmm. percent better than the league average, which is 100. Gotcha. So in mm. that offseason ERA plus, Sonny Gray, I believe, was at a what a 112. Stephen Matz 117. It's <sighs> a big difference. Do they actually? You know, now that I think about it, are the are the Cardinals a bigger surprise than the the Padres? Because the Padres, they, they've done this before. The Padres have had talent in, in previous years. The the one year, I think it was the pandemic year, that was the year that they were exciting. They have failed expectations. Well, last year they were good. The, previ- the previous year they didn't make the playoffs. And then last year, of course, they had a pretty good run. But we've seen this out of the Padres. Bigger surprise, Padres or Cardinals? And then we'll move on to JR. Well, historically, looking at the organization, the franchise, this is Cardinals. Cardinals. I'd say Padres. You have Xander Bogarts. Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Jake Cronenworth, Blake Snell. Good thing I mean, we didn't get that Juan Soto. Look what happened to him. Yeah, he's not a winner. Nope. Nope. You have all these ta- he won the World Series already. A bunch of talent. And, but like you said earlier in the show, Anthony, like just because you have a bunch of talent doesn't mean you have a team. Very true. All right, JR, hopefully he got unstuck out of that Uber. Hopefully they got him out of there. And he'll join us next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, and let's go to our celebrity line. We got Jeremy Rutherford of the Athletic. He's our Blues insider, and uh, he's apparently out of the Uber. You're you're out of the Uber, right? You weren't stuck anymore. 
Yeah, sorry, boys. That Uber took forever to get to the hotel, so yeah, my apologies. No, well, J- JR, our guy Anthony was worried that you were physically stuck in the Uber. <laughs> and we were wondering <laughs> if they sent a Mini Cooper for you. <laughs> no, just a little Vaseline and rubbed it on my arm. <laughs> and <laughs> you out of there. Good man. All right, JR, give us the latest. What What are you hearing about the Blues, the three picks, anything like that? Yeah, we had a session with Doug Armstrong today at the hotel for about 20 minutes, and uh, he covered a lot of ground, and guess what he told us? Uh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he told us that uh, there's been a lot of chatter. Uh, they have, of course, the 10, the 25, and the 29. You know what's interesting with this Kevin Hayes acquisition? You know, it might take him out of the running of trading that late first-rounder, one of those two picks, for an established player. You got your guy. Kevin Hayes, but Army didn't completely rule it out. He said, you're always looking to improve the roster, but there just hasn't been a lot of those types of moves. So, you know, we asked him, what do you think? Are you going to make all three picks? And he said, I would think so, but you never know. There could be some trading up and down. JR, what do we truly know about how everything went down in the Kevin Hayes deal? Because as you know, a lot of different things coming out of that. It was Hayes and Sanheim. And then at one point, Lawton was in there. Then the Blues were sending Krug and some draft picks. And then Krug with the no-trade clause, he exercised his option. Now, Army today would not confirm any of that. He says he wouldn't address any rumors. But what what do you know? With boots on the ground in Nashville, how much do we know? Yeah, we got the snapback twice from Army today. I'm not talking about rumors. I'm not talking about rumors. We, uh, we asked him <laughs> about that situation. Uh, you know, here's the way uh, I... I understand it because uh, talking people uh, in the situation involved directly. So the Blues had a package deal that was going to be pretty big, uh, and Krug was going to be involved. And, Jamie, as you know, the last thing the GM does is go to the player and ask him to waive the no-trade clause. Uh, Tory Krug, I think that it took a little bit of time, but I think uh, he knew all along that he was leaning against waiving it and eventually told the Blues that he would not waive it. And so the trade that was going to go down, to, to my knowledge, included – the Blues sending Krug and one of these first-round picks late in the first round to the Philadelphia Flyers, and they were going to get Hayes and Sanheim. There were texts going back and forth between Hayes and Sanheim. They thought they were going. I think they got uh, some information, too, that they were both going. And once Tory Krug decided to wait, not waive that no-trade clause, the deal was dead. Uh, some people in Philadelphia told me that the, the Flyers really felt that uh, things were dead, but they revived it. I think the Blues saw the potential with bringing – uh, Hayes here, getting him on the cheap at 50%, and they didn't have to give up anything for him, so they still pull off that part of the deal. So now, what's next with the Tory Krug situation? Because I think that this is obviously very interesting. I talked about it yesterday, um, just from a player's standpoint, of knowing a team has wanted to move you from the organization. You said, no, I won't go. But what what's next now for Tory Krug? Does Doug Armstrong look to continue to try and move Tory Krug? Does he ask him to give a list of teams he will go to? Or is this just like water under the bridge now and we pretend it never happened? Well, yeah, we all learned from the Vladimir Tarasenko situation, which I know was different, but there was a trade request there and felt that uh, Tarasenko might have played his last game as, as a blue, and obviously that didn't happen. So could Tory Krug continue as a blue? It's certainly possible, but you know, the way I see it, when the, when the company, this company being the St. Louis Blues, identifies you as a player that, that we want to move, we want to trade, and we want to, to go on from, you know, I think players have to take that personal and realize that they're probably not wanted here. Now, in this case, Tory Krug obviously invoked the no trade, but that's because he didn't want to go to Philadelphia 
Uh, they could flip him. He could be moving his family twice in a matter of months, and he didn't want to do that. So if Doug Armstrong is able to find a team that would take on Tory Krug, perhaps Tory would consider it. But here's my thing. You know, that Philadelphia trade that they had was maybe one of a few, right? I can't imagine that there are four or five teams around the league who have a situation and also the desire for Tory Krug and were willing to make that deal. But Philly wanted to get out of the Hayes contract, and they got a contract with Sanheim that starts this year eight years with a no-trade clause that kicks in on Saturday. So I think it was the perfect situation for the Blues, and I don't know if Doug Armstrong is going to find another perfect situation like that that Tory would agree to. Jeremy Rutherford joining us right now. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. JR, the number 10 pick, what are the options that, that you see, the realistic options? If the Blues stay at 10, what are the names that Blues fans should get uh, accustomed to potentially hearing? Yeah, I think, I think they're probably going to go forward. There's been some talk about one of the defensemen, but the big one, David Reinbacher, he's probably going to go five or six, somewhere in that range. You know, I don't think the Blues will try to trade up to get him. Uh, there are a couple other defensemen uh, that, that could go 9, 10, 11, 12. But I think there's some good forwards there. You have uh, Nate Danielson, great center. Uh, if you can imagine him, and I know people probably haven't seen him play, but uh, he and Robert Thomas for years to come up the middle. Uh, there's a, a speedy guy up at uh, Minnesota that plays with Snuggerud. Uh, so I think that Oliver Moore, I think there's a couple players there at that 10 pick that they could get, and I don't think they're going to want to move up. But Army said today, guys, that uh, you don't want to move back you know, 15 or 16. It drops off after that a bit in terms of getting a quality player that you could get at number 10. JR, the, the Blues shaping up quite nicely up front now. With the addition of Kevin Hayes and Kapanen and Verana, it's amazing what Army has been able to do in a very short time without giving up a substantial amount for those guys. But if we focus on the blue line, you've got a lot of bodies there that, you know, if we're playing musical chairs, not everybody's going to have a chair when the music stops. What direction can Army go here to try and free up some cap space as well as free up some roster spots. Yeah, first touch on the forwards. Uh, you bring in Kevin Hayes at that 50%. You're looking at Hayes, Brana, Kapanen, and if you want to include uh, Sammy Blay, too, you're getting about 12 or $13 million worth of players for about $6 million. So uh, real good finds here. He's doing some bargain shopping and, and getting some players. So what does it mean for the defense? Obviously, things could change, like we just talked about, if they did find a a home for Tory Krug, but I'll give you a nugget that Doug Armstrong said today in our session. Maybe the one little nugget he did give us, guys. He said that uh, he could see the team starting 13 forwards, eight defensemen. So you do have a lot of bodies. You got Prinovich coming back that they want him to come in and, and prove himself. Uh, so a lot of one, one-way contracts. And then, like we talked about, uh, a top four last year that really needs to, to turn things around. So, you know, your question is, is fair. I think that it's a lot of congestion back there, and we don't know how it's going to shake out, but you know, whether it be tonight or before free agency or, or sometime this summer, he could still try to unload one of those top four D and it kind of opens things up. Jared, the addition to Kevin Hayes, we're going to go back to him because obviously he's the big acquisition here recently for the Blues. Uh, in talking to Kevin Hayes, you know, what, in his opinion, what went wrong in Philly? I think everybody has a general idea of at least what we think went wrong. But in his opinion, what went wrong? Yeah, and it's funny, uh, today when he was talking to us, Rick, he said, uh, I think I was in the All-Star game not too long ago, <laughs> last year. So he's, he's a 54-point player last year, which is uh, a second in his career, second highest. And, and so I think in terms of what went wrong, you look, they're in a rebuild. Things were off the track last year in Philadelphia. And, and then we all know John Tortorella and his reputation, and that's not to say that he's a bad coach and he's not trying to 
you know, get things going there in Philadelphia, but he just clashed with Kevin Hayes. And so he's a centerman. He told us today he wants to play center, uh, and uh, they moved him to wing. Then they healthy scratched him, and then just the writing was on the wall. So change of scenery situation for Kevin Hayes. He's looking forward to it. The Blues are calling him a middle six center and uh, hope that they can play him with some good guys. And, and Army did talk about it today. You know, who does this push down to the fourth line? Are we talking about a Jake Neighbors, a, a Sammy Blay on the fourth line with the addition of Kevin Hayes? A lot being talked about with Kevin Hayes. With You just talked about his, his production, his ability to play power play, penalty kill, kind of anywhere in your lineup. But, you know, one thing that's really been circled in the last 24 hours is what Kevin Hayes brings off the ice as well. Um, in talking to people down there, Army or whoever, you know, what are some of the things they're saying about Kevin Hayes, the individual? Yeah, it's a, it's all good. Everybody I talk to, and we're talking media, we're talking about coaches. Everybody says good guy. Oh, you guys got a good guy. You know, Blues got a good guy. You know, so you know that only goes so far. You got to be able to play too. But I think it's that that personality that he brings. And and Riv, you know this. Uh, it, it's pretty common for teams, players to reach out to a player when he comes to a new team. I, I get it. But the long list of people that reached out to Kevin Hayes in the past couple of days, he played with Pavel Buchnevich in New York. They might have even been on a line together at times. And uh, he said he talked to Buchnevich, who I believe is in Russia. They were texting at odd hours of the day. Uh, Braden Shen, Robert Thomas, of course, you know, Hayes being uh, related to the Kachucks, Thomas is going to be close with him. Uh, just a long list of guys. And so I think they're looking forward to having a, a guy like him in, in the locker room, keeps, keeps it loose. And i got to tell you, I've been talking to Kevin Hayes a lot. Uh, texting back and forth the last couple of days as this thing was going down and uh, you know more than friendly more than willing to help and and definitely said all the right things jr looking forward to your coverage from nashville should be an entertaining night for the nhl and certainly here in st louis as the blues have three first round picks thanks for joining us yeah yeah listen to alex and tanner i think uh, we'll be joining them uh, right after the pick so we'll have the latest on the blues pick coming up later at 101 ESPN. How's that, guys? There you go. Nice, nice job, done, JR. JR. Well done. Good branding on that. Nice. Thank you, sir. <laughs> See ya. Bye. See ya. That's uh, Jeremy Rutherford here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. And Alex will join us at the bottom of next hour. So 5.30, Alex Ferrario live from Bridgestone Arena. If you got a question for us, great. Send it in. Air Comfort Service Tax Line 314-399-9646. Sports 6 back next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by... O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. 501, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Salter. Here's Andrew Marsh with your questions. Question number one. All right, guys, from the 573, does the addition of Kevin Hayes eliminate any hope of a Ryan O'Reilly reunion with the Blues? Perhaps a better reunion would be with Oscar Sundquist. Um, I don't, I don't think it eliminates it, but I would wager to say that I'm ninety percent sure that Ryan O'Reilly will not be back with the St. Louis Blues. Not because the Blues don't like Ryan O'Reilly. A couple of factors in this one is the price tag for Ryan O'Reilly probably not going to be something you can maneuver underneath the cap. And then where do you play him? 
where, where does he fit? Because you've got Thomas, Hayes, and Shen down the middle of the ice right now. Right. I think Ryan O'Reilly's going to come back to the old Alex Steen and play fourth line? No. He sh- I mean, he shouldn't. He's going to have a better market than that. So It's what I believe to be true as well. So could you move Shen to the wing and put O'Reilly there? But now you're still up against the cap, and yeah. Shen are, would much rather play center. So I, I think it's... I believe it has eliminated that that possibility unless Army trades somebody here in the next couple of days. Like you just you never know. Things can open up. But the way it sits currently, I think there's a bit of a roadblock there. I do, I've said this before several times. I I, I would like to see an Oscar Sunquist back on the fourth line. And if not possible, I'd like to kick the tires on Nola Chari coming back. If you're gonna I'm bring back a too. guy. Mm-hmm. You know, play fourth line, good in the faceoff circle, yeah. a good penalty killer, led your team in hits last year. So if you're going to pivot from Ryan O'Reilly and maybe Oscar Sundquist is too pricey or whatever, you got Nola Chari that I'd go, hey, mem- remember us? Kind of liked it here. Mm-hmm. I'd be looking at those possibilities. He went from being Anthony's least favorite player to his favorite player. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, why didn't I like him? I think he made like there? a bad pass one he, time, he and you and came like, in, he fell like, down or something. Yeah. You blew an edge, and you're like, you're like what the hell? No, Char, you did. You came it, in like I have no idea why, because he's like, the nicest yeah. guy too. <laughs> like the next day, he had a great game. You're like, this guy, this is this is what this team needs. <laughs> I swear, it's, you were totally bipolar. <laughs> yeah. mm. I don't think it was just one play. Though. I'm usually not a one-play guy. Well, it was really early in the season. Yeah, I, I, I think it was there, definitely there, during that eight-game losing streak. I'm definitely a, a pattern of behavior guy, and I felt like there was a pattern of behavior that I was seeing out of Nolachari. And as you guys know, <laughs> I know a lot about hockey. So. Yeah, you are bang on, Anthony. Maybe he didn't clear it good enough for you. <laughs> it probably yeah, was probably what it was. It was probably a clearer problem. Yeah, it was probably a pizza in the middle of the ice. And honestly, yeah. Nolachari is one of the nicest human beings ever. He's so nice. His teammates loved him. Uh, I brought my girlfriend's son down to meet him because he wears number 52 playing hockey. And so Noel took time, came out after the game, took pictures and like signed things. Like He's just the nicest dude, man. Shame on you, Anthony. It actually makes more sense that you say it that way, that I would pick on the guy that's nice nicest and guy. Yeah. Oh, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you know who's the problem? This guy. <laughs> The guy, blocking, the, team. the guy blocking shots with his face. You notice their record was a little bit better once he was gone. Yep. Oh, God. Just saying. Just stop it. There it. Question number two. All right, from the 314, why would Ollie sit Jordan Walker and Paul DeYoung on the bench tonight? I, I really don't. sends a message. I don't really know. does. I mean, Paul DeYoung, I feel like, has played 782 games in a row. Walker, young kid, I know he's played a lot, but... So what? He's he's red hot. He's locked in. I don't know. The last the, the last time that everybody got yeah. upset was was the the time he was not feeling great. Man. So who knows? Can you imagine if Jordan Walker goes in a sl- gets in a slump? This is it. You can't sit somebody when he's on a hot streak. You know what? You blew it, Holly. Just for the entertainment value, I think I might join in on that. I think it's dumb. He's one of your best hitters right now, Paul DeYoung, showing that he can hit the ball really well, and you're going up against a guy who's 7-1. and one. But sure, let's throw Alec Burleson in there, who hasn't played in who knows how long. Well, Marsh, I the, agree. The answer, is within, tired. the answer is with inside you. Why do you think Ali 
sat Jordan Walker tonight? You know the answer to this. Is it because the manager in Major League Baseball is the most overrated position in sports? I appreciate you playing to my heartstrings on that one, but no. It's it's clearly because Ollie doesn't want to win. Oh, I just thought it was because Mo that? decided. Or do they not believe? Oh, do they wow. not believe in those two? That could be the case, though. We did get a text. Someone, and I forgot if it was from the 314 or the 636, and this isn't verbatim, but basically saying that this is a, like a clear-cut definition of baseball looking into like the analytics aspect of the game like if this lineup doesn't scream analytics i don't know which one does i but i don't think i don't think it's i highly Guys doubt it's be because of analytics tired they've had three days off in yeah, the but, past like five days andrew i'm not talking about like physically tired like oh my arms are tired like they my, flew my across fingers hurt they flew across the <laughs> ocean now your back's gonna hurt played two games and flew back i'm not listen i'm not being sympathetic to it I'm just saying you never know. Maybe it's Ollie's reasoning. Uh, to Jamie's point here, we don't know. There could be there could be a completely different reason. It could I, be ill. I like the fact that we're blaming analytics again though. Screw analytics. It's, I mean that is the, the is that not the the layup now in sports? <laughs> Absolutely. We're just going to blame analytics. Oh yeah. You know what it is? It's the damn number nerds. They've ruined baseball. <laughs> They've ruined the lineup. I don't even have an accountant. That's that, because I don't like I don't like analytics. <laughs> I I woke up and fired my accountant because yeah. I hate numbers. <laughs> I won't even have calculators in my house now because of the damn analytics. They're ruining us. <laughs> not social media. Not anything. It, it's the damn analytics. You know, Kristen's parents got the, my kids uh, uh, an abacus. That thing's that? going right in the trash when I get home. What is, is that it? numbers, though? Yeah. Is it? Oh, yeah, it is. Is it? Absolutely. Got him a what? An it's abacus. M- it's math from the Roman times. You ever seen what, those? Roman numerals? No, nope. no, no. Andrew, oh. pay attention here, okay? You've got this little thing with, like, steel bars that go across, and they all have, like, these over. beads, and you move them over, like the oh, counters. The one that holds it. Now that's like a school dentist. Sure. No, 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 no. You're thinking of... Oh, I'm thinking of the... the yeah. <laughs> You're thinking of, like, the roller coaster things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I love you knew like, what I was talking about. <laughs> I did, only because Killian just played with one of them damn things a couple yeah, of months ago. Fun. They are fun. fun. They're hard. <laughs> They're hard. <laughs> they were hard when I was it's younger. Not, it's not a game. You just push the thing to one side or the other. No, yeah, I mean, sometimes you gotta, you gotta like... Never mind. <laughs> Next question, question number three. Jeez. From the 314, do you think Tory Krug... Awesome. Uh, do you think if Tory Krug doesn't waive his no-trade clause tonight that he's for sure on the roster come October? If he hmm. doesn't? By tonight. There's a trade in place. No, I think that... Look, I think that Tory Krug is probably digesting everything that's kind of gone on if, if it happened that way. Because, again... We don't know how it went down. We we are assuming, and it will eventually, you know, get out there from one side or the other. I just don't know if I'm Tory Krug if I'd want to be back here. If a team signed me to the money that they gave me, gave me a no trade, and then tried to trade me, I just don't know if I'd want to be here. Hmm. If I'm Tory Krug, and so I think that he might revisit some of this. 
his agent and, and might provide a list of teams that he'd go to. Now, Army doesn't necessarily have to deal with those teams. Look at the Vladimir Tarasenko. He got a list from him, too, and that didn't work out. No. So, I don't know. It's a tough call. It's a really weird situation right now. We'll see how it develops in the next you know month or so. Question number four. From the 314, does Travis Kelsey being okay with being underpaid because it's a winning, because he's winning, does it undercut the salaries of other tight ends? That's a good question. Well, how does Patrick Mahomes feel? Because Patrick Mahomes didn't offer a deal, but then Travis Kelsey is. I'd be like, hey, dude, you're supposed to be my best friend. Shouldn't you take a pay cut too? Wow. Okay. Maybe Travis, or uh, maybe Pat Mahomes did take a pay cut. Well, he did to some degree. He's going to get paid it. again. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he's going to get paid Based again. Based on what's, what he's worth. Guys, what's Kelsey's? The greatest football player to ever put on the cleats. Gave his team a discount for years, and all mm. he did is win championships. That's I don't think true. his bank account's hurting anymore. No, I don't either. Uh, getting back to Travis Kelsey. I don't. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> Just in case <laughs> Thanks, you didn't know. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. You're welcome. I, I I don't think that Travis. It's a really good question. I know where you're coming from. I don't think Kelsey doing that or admitting that hurts tight ends as much as being viewed as a, a tight end when they're receive, when they're actually a receiver. Like Travis Kelsey is a receiver. George Kittle is a tight end. Travis Kelsey's a receiver. Uh, some of the younger tight ends, quote unquote. Kyle Pitts is not a tight end. He's a wide receiver. It's being viewed at at the tight end position as opposed to being being viewed as a as a receiver. That's going to hurt more than anything. Being labeled that, you know, yeah, you're just a tight end, really, because I, I caught a hundred and something odd passes last year. No other receiver did. Can that. you block? No, I cannot. Which no means Gronk. I'm a wide receiver. You're no Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, Rob, Rob Gronkowski was a tight end. He also was a pretty good receiver. But I see, see, to me, the tight end position is exactly that. It's Rob Gronkowski. It's somebody that is is a focal point in the in the running game because he could block so well. But it's an absolute threat as a wide receiver too. Again, George Kittle's the the uh, to me the best tight end in the league. Now Kelsey, who is listed at that spot. You know, you'd have to you have to put Kelsey one, but to me, he's a receiver. Mm. Kelsey's not going to block much. Anyways, tight ends tight ends are just not going to get paid a lot. Question number five from a three one four, Jamie. If you're a player that signed a long contract with with a no trade clause, but you've had three lackluster first years, are you really that surprised, or does it really bother you that much that a team would like to pivot and go in another direction? Oh, it pisses me off. A hundred percent, because I had other options. I had other teams that would have probably paid me equal value and given me the no trade. Yeah. And so, as the player, I am I am pissed. I'm pissed because I I moved my family from a spot that we loved being in in Boston and in the Northeast in general. I moved them to Middle America, and here we are three years later or two years later. And you're trying to trade me? Now that's the player. As a general manager, I'm saying, yeah, I signed you to that contract that you were worthy of based off of your last season in Boston. That contract doesn't seem to equal out right now compared to your production since you've been here. So, yeah, I'd like to move you. Yeah. Both sides can be angry about it. Army could be angry in return, say, I'm paying 6.5 for a player that I'm not getting. Right. And crew can say, you paid me 6.5 because that's what I earned. Mm-hmm. 
So and that, they, and both would both would would be right. Both are correct. But yeah. as the player, I'd be ticked off. I would definitely use it as a uh, a motivation tool for me going into next season, no matter where I was playing. Question number six. From the 314, how rowdy do you believe tonight's game at City Park will be for the United States men's national team? Oh, it's going to be a great showing. Are you kidding me? Place is going to be packed. It's going to be completely... I mean, everybody, everybody in that stadium is going to be out of their bleeping minds. It's going to be a great night for soccer in St. Louis. Yeah, Taylor Twelman was on the balloon party, and he said something that I think we all know now, but you know, leading into the season... He was trying to preach the word of just wait, just wait, you'll see. And mm-hmm. people around in the soccer world were like, oh, okay, sure. The MLS and even international. And now he's like, people text him and call him all the time, and they cannot believe how awesome City Park is, uh, the atmosphere, uh, how beautiful it is. And he believes that City Park is going to get utilized for a lot more things to do with the U.S. national team, uh, certain events, games, tournaments, things like that. So, yeah, they've, they've done a great job of building a great facility, but at the same time, the crowd support here, the fans have been fantastic. You could not have asked for a more perfect start to a expansion franchise in any sport, outside of maybe the Golden Knights, and we'll see where you know City winds up being. But from the inception to where we are right now, the team, the way it's playing, the support, the national, I mean, everything. St. Louis City has absolutely nailed it. I mean, it's been it's been perfect so far. Great job to everybody involved when it comes to uh, St. Louis City. All right, uh, Alex Ferrari had to, be, had to be bumped back to 5:45, so we'll talk to Alex at the end of the hour. Coming up next, this Cardinals roster need to be rebalanced. We'll get to that conversation here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So John Morosi on MLB Network talked about the Cardinals roster needing to be rebalanced and that the division is still winnable, at least from a mathematical standpoint. And Marsh, you said we we have the actual cut. So here's here's John Morosi and what, in his words, he, he meant by a roster rebalance. The Cardinals are one of the most intriguing teams to watch anywhere in Major League Baseball because you're right. They have won a couple games in a row. The NL Central is still winnable, and yet... This roster needs to get rebalanced. They've got so many good young position players, and they need pitching depth for the future. You could mention the names. Gorman, Donovan, Carlson, Edmund. I would expect, Lauren, that one of the names on your screen right now will get moved for a pitcher at some point between now and August 1st. All right, so similar similar to what we've been talking about, guys. I mean, the, the fact that the Cardinals have some assets that they, that they could trade and potentially get pitching. Jamie, you have mentioned this, though, and I, I agree with you. 
are you going to get are you going to get prospects? Are you going to get pitchers that can help you? You know, right now. My take on this, and Claves mentioned something similar to to what you had brought up yesterday when he joined the opening drive. Is like, well, if you're going to trade something, are you going to are you going to get somebody to help you right now? I, at some point, you have to realize that your team has been stuck in the mud, and no 17 game winning streak is coming. It, it, you, Whoa, you don't know that. You have to. You this is part of it. Like you have to make sure that you're not you're, that you are getting proper value back for some of the assets that that teams are going to want. Somebody's going to want Jordan Montgomery for sure. That's going to be your best trade chip. But I'd be willing to bet that somebody's going to that multiple teams are going to be looking at Jack Flaherty too. They're going to be looking at a guy that gets some strikeouts and not necessarily worry about the injury history because you're only talking about the rest of the year. I think that certainly if you wanted to do it you could put Jordan Walker or Jordan. Uh, yeah, Jordan Walker would definitely get some looks. Jordan Hicks. <laughs> Jordan Hicks could potentially get you something. So I, I don't know if you're gonna if you're gonna see Newt be traded or Donovan be traded or certainly Edmund. I, I don't think the Cardinals go that route. I think if anything, they they go with the guys that have expiring contracts and they go from there. So you're trading pitching, trying to acquire pitching. Yes, you're, you're giving up. The next, you're, you know what you're doing. You're trading two months of pitching mm-hmm. for cost-controlled pitching for the next five to six years. Apart from Montgomery, who do you think gets you that? Because I don't think Flaherty gets you that. I think I, Flaherty gets you something average. I think that Jordan Hicks, uh, although he's pitching really well right now, how mm-hmm. much will anybody really truly give up for a closer that doesn't have a history of staying healthy or consistent you know my answer to this good it's goldschmidt i know but I, so let's go back to the guys you just talked about though because you're talking about montgomery montgomery, montgomery Flaherty, hicks theoretically montgomery will get you the most yeah but w- will he really get you that cost-controlled pitcher that's a, that's got you, potential you traded a starting center fielder in harrison bader's cost control for jordan montgomery a year ago uh-huh. i think you're going to get more than you think you're okay. not. You're not going to get Shohei. Like you have to somewhat be well, realistic yeah, I, I about it. I understand that. I'm, I'm not even talking about. How about that. how about this? I think that Jordan Montgomery nets you a starter that you'll have in your rotation next year. Fair enough. I'll take that. I'll take that. He's going to be an ace. He's going to be a number two. Probably not. You're going to need guys. Yeah. In Is your he going to be better than Jordan Montgomery? It might Oof. be. It might be the same, but younger and cost controlled. How do you feel about that? Because that that factors in too, right? We why only... would a team do that though? Because That's you're in contention. Point. Yeah, but why wouldn't you just hang on to that player? Why then? wouldn't you just hang on to him? If he's just as good as Jordan Montgomery, why would I, why would you trade for a guy that's about to be a free agent? Because, just because you want to go on a run? Be, yes, because you're because that that player is not going to make your postseason roster because he's he's younger and he's a prospect still. I, I think the Cardinals. I mean, he. I mean, he does that make sense? No, it does. It okay. does. I, I just. I, I don't think. The, I think the Cardinals. I mean, if they're if they're floating, even where they're at right now, I, I still think they're buyers, and I think they do what they did for the past few years, where they go out. Maybe they trade a guy like um, like Dylan Carlson, for instance. He's one of the names that was that was listed from John Morosi. You go out, you get a an older veteran pitcher or somebody just to stabilize the pitching staff, mm-hmm. and then you see because I want to know if they. And so we talked the, about so this. So then, earlier. why trade Montgomery? 
or Flaherty? You don't. You don't. You don't trade them at all. You keep them. Gotcha. So you just you get a qualifying. Them. You get you you know get the qualifying offer. If they don't want to resign, then you get a you know a second round pick. You get a compensational pick. How how is that helping me in twenty twenty four? It's not. It's not. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I see. I'm using. I think. I think we're we're coming at this from different angles here. For me, this season is shot. I trust me. I agree with what you're saying. I think I'm thinking how the Cardinals are thinking. The Cardinals do not think that. There's one name, Ben Marsh. There's there's one name and one name only, and you know what that name is. For what? For if you're talking like the Cardinals right now, if you're channeling Mo and you're channeling the Cardinals, it's Rich Hill. You add that bad Johnson in into your starting rotation. You replace Matthew Libertor, and boy, you can you can finish in third instead of fifth. I mean, the Pirates have been doing. Not good lately. You're going to be in fourth by next week. By the end of the year, you add Rich Hill, you're going to be in third. Anthony, I don't like your attitude at all right the now. The attitude not is atti- really it's, bad. It's, it's not actually, attitude as much I was as it's snark, a really gentlemen. good it's, day. Yeah, it's just terrible. Let's just really identify it as snark. This is what I'm saying, guys. You're trying to patchwork right now. I'm trying to win for the future, man. So, so you, let's get on Rich board. Hill, are you? No, we, we this s- guy's trying to add Marsh. I'm pointing well, to him. Well, I never said Rich Hill. At, he, he wants I mean, he Rich Hill. Did. Again, Anthony, you're putting things in my mouth when I don't want you to. Never yeah. have, never will. That's unacceptable, quite honestly. But uh, here's the thing. We talked about this earlier today. Do you think the Cardinals are going to want to blow this thing up before they figure out if it's just the pitching? Because what if it is just the pitching? Well, then, what if you stabilize you that in the it? back half of the year, how are you? But you're not winning with Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty as it is right now, right? So why can't you do both? You don't have to blow it up. If you don't, if nobody likes trading Goldschmidt except for me, because I've got the Wavos Rancheros to do it, but oh, yeah, nobody else wants mean. to do it. That's fine. You don't want to win. You don't want to win. You haven't won with Goldschmidt yet, but no, keep going, guys. Go for it. I'm trying to help this team get pitching. You guys want to stay stagnant. That's what you guys want. I haven't said a word about it, so you know what? You can put I things just, in Marshall's mouth all you want. Don't you dare put them this in my mouth. This hypothetical guy you, you're talking you about. I actually dare you. Who's to say this hypothetical guy you're talking about is going to be any good? Nothing. That's a good point. Nothing, Marsh. Yeah, what if you go and acquire the next bust? Good job, Anthony. I mean, that's okay. a thing. Uh, why don't we I'm do, why don't we do nothing then? Why don't we do nothing but You're sit not and do sit nothing? Our ass. Go Anthony, sign a do guy. Nothing. Just doing I'd love something for them to for go the sign, sign a guy. Who Haven't do you seen want? that in a while. You want Aaron Noah? Well, actually, they did a couple years ago. I actually, Aaron, do. I would love Aaron Noah. He's going back to the Phillies. Great. Now what? Go get Corbin Burns. And you're watching Jack Flaherty and Jordan Montgomery go out the door, and you got nothing. Resign Jordan Montgomery. That ain't happening. It's not happening. Why? He's not going to stay here. He doesn't want to be here. The, his teammates don't like him. You see the run support? <laughs> I didn't. I wouldn't say that, Anthony. Jamie's a great point you just made. What did he do from last year to this year where his teammates don't like him or they don't want to score runs for him? You tell me. Oh did God. something happen at his birthday party? Probably. Uh, yeah, nobody showed up. Probably. Got married recently, didn't he? Well, actually, before. actually, I think he's well liked. I think I Monty's hear. a great yeah, guy. Absolutely, I yeah. We don't went, think that's uh, a problem at all. We went a little sideways. The on bottom that one. line is Monty's probably going to get paid more than the Cardinals want to give him. Probably, but which is why you got to trade him. Maybe this year, this upcoming off season, is when they are like, "Hey, we might need to spend more money if mm-hmm. we want to be good," because clearly we're not right now. That's a fact. Beat the streak next on One Hundred and One ESPN. <laughs> 
back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Baseball. All of my successes depend on me. You ready to hit? The hits just keep on coming. And his first big league hit is a bullet up the middle. All right, time to play Beat the Streak here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We all collected hits last night, even though uh, the two teams combined for only six runs. Uh, we we had the right players. So my streak is up to six. Jamie, his streak is up to three. Oz, who is on the line right now, he collected his first hit. And Andrew Marsh began his new streak with a hit as well. So, Oz, first and foremost, how you doing? Good. How are you doing today? Good. You ready to rock and roll? Yep. You hoping for somebody specifically? Yep. Okay. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you, Anthony. Don't tell him. Do you not want to tell me Anthony will take that pick right away just to do it to you. I'm, he probably will. Uh huh. I know who it is. Do you think, Oz? Do you think I'm that spiteful? Yes. Hold on, J- Jamie. Oz is a is a grown man. You could say it. He knows. Oz, do you think I'll I'm that spiteful? I'm walking him downtown right now. All right, fair enough. I'm going to take Jose Altuve tonight. Jose Altuve is my pick to continue this streak. He disgusts me. I figure he's going to cheat, so why not? Jose Altuve. Jamie, what do you got? Uh, Brendan Donovan. Mr. Annoying is going to be back tonight. Brendan Donovan. And uh, for those that don't know, Jamie calling him Mr. Annoying is a term of endearment. Oh, absolutely. He's really annoying in the box. Yep. He gets the pitch count up, fouls off pitches. Does whatever you have to do. Yep. Yep. All right, Oz, you're up. Play the music. Oh, wow. All right, so Newt tonight? Yep. I thought I thought Marsh was going to play Jordan Walker. <laughs> yeah, right. And then just, have, just have to sit there and wait for a pinch hit. Could you uh, imagine if I played? <laughs> he goes, play the sounder, and I play like. Walk it like it. No, it's like Andrew Kisner or somebody's just not in the lineup. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Marsh, who do you got? Uh, I am going to go. Ooh, this is a tough one. I think yesterday I, I stuck with. Um, Bregman. I stuck with Bregman. I think I'm going to go back to him. I think I'm going to go back to Alex Bregman. Um, Do you think so, you know, Marsh? There's a lot of him and haw in here. I'm going to him and haw in the direction of Alex Bregman. Final answer. All right. Sounds ultra confident in that one. Okay. So I have Jose Altuve. Jamie took Brandon Donovan. Oz took Newt. There it is. And Marsh took... Alex Bregman for a second straight night. Odds, good luck to you. Hope we get a chance yeah. to talk to you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Have a good day. Are right, you too? Thank you, sir. That's beat the streak. Cardinals got a day game tomorrow, boys. Probably should have looked that up before I said that. I'm sure they do. I think Adam Wainwright's on the bump tomorrow, guys. Adam Wainwright. Tomorrow's a six fifteen. Yeah, Adam Wainwright. Did anybody? I, I missed it. I'll be honest. I missed Adam Wainwright today on the opening drive. He normally joins what? them on Wednesdays. Did anybody catch it? I was I was interested to hear what Wayno said about deactivating the old social media. I got to download the podcast later. He said that uh, he's not talking about yesterday. Hmm. He's on Cincinnati, but it's Houston tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 figured get, people he gets confused. Yeah, he doesn't like pitching at Cincinnati. Remember, he no, called he, he called it the Devil's Lair or it, something it, like that. Yeah. 
It has been for him. Yeah, it certainly has. We got it. We got Al. Oh, Alex is going to join us right. It's going to join us right now. Next, right now, oh, right now. Anthony. Holy smokes, Alex Ferrario! Live from Nashville. Here is Alex Ferrario with an NHL draft report. Brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling. Get your sixty-nine dollar Magic Tune, a twenty-nine point cooling system check for only sixty-nine dollars at SwissAirSTL.com. I wish we had the cameras rolling there when Marsh. <laughs> it was like the fit. He was. I was talking and trying to read his lips at the same time. He's so busy. And, you know, I usually have this dry erase board. I don't know where the marker went. I lost Come on. it. It's Anthony right there. It's right by it. your phone. Where? It's right. So you got to. It's by the phone. Just look. Yep. On the side there. He got there it. There we go. Man, Alex, how are you, man? Spot. I am fantastic, gentlemen. I am uh, just trying to coordinate 1,800 things at once before this big boy draft gets underway, but happy to hop on with both of you guys. Well, we appreciate you doing so. We know you got a lot of uh, interviews and stuff lined up. First and foremost, what what can you tell us? What are you hearing about the Blues tonight as they have three picks in the first round? Well, that's just it right there, guys. I mean, I originally said yesterday that there's no way that Doug Armstrong's taking three players in the first round tonight, and that has all changed. Now, Jamie, you know this is lying season in the NHL, <laughs> uh, but when Doug Armstrong says that he expects to take all three drafts, part of me wonders if that's actually going to happen, which just tells me that things have kind of fallen apart in terms of potentially trading for a defenseman, moving out a defenseman's salary. Uh, but from what Doug Armstrong told Tanner Hendrickson earlier today in the media session, it sounds like Doug and his team are planning on selecting 10, 25, and 29 today, barring some type of trade up or trade back. Well, that also, to your point, Alex, uh, whether we call it lying or strategy or playing the, the poker face out there, Army would also like teams to probably think that He's pretty happy hanging on to all three picks, and it's going to take something pretty special <laughs> to change his mind on that. You want these picks? You better be willing to give up a lot. It's funny how that works too, right? 25 and 29. When we found out where they were at, it's like, oh, that wasn't that much of significance to a team, and now it's 25, 29. You want these from me? Boy, you're going to have to cough up a lot. But it's interesting we say that because David Panyota was talking with him, and I believe he just tweeted this out. It sounds like Philadelphia right now is kind of at the Hail Mary moment of trading away Travis Sanheim, and you know my tinfoil Ferrario theory uh, ribs. I just saw Doug Armstrong walking across the uh, draft floor, so who knows how this thing is going to go. Earlier today we talked with Scott Wheeler in terms of the draft prospect guru for the athletic, and he says, man, after number one when Bedard goes, he said it's open season, so I wonder if there's going to be a lot more wheeling and dealing tonight. Hey, Alex, beyond the Blues, I think the number two pick is kind of where the draft starts, I would imagine, after Eric Bedard goes to the Blackhawks. What are you hearing? No, sorry, not Eric Bedard. <laughs> What's his Pittsburgh, name? Connor. Pittsburgh Connor, Connor. Connor, thank you. Eric's his brother, I'm sure. He's got an Eric in Distant his family. relative. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. Uh, what are you hearing at number two? So I originally thought that was a sure thing, Adam Fantilli, but now they have said that uh, Pat Verbeek is very intrigued and enamored by Leo Carlson, the big Swede, but also talking with a couple of different insiders here at uh, Bridgestone, it also sounds like Pat Verbeek has that bleep it mentality, kind of like what Steve Eiserman has, which, no coincidence, Pat Verbeek, Steve Eiserman work together, uh, that Matt Michkoff could be that option for the Anaheim Ducks. So for the longest time, I just assumed it was Bedard Fantilli, but now it sounds like it's down to Fantilli, 
Meechkoff or Carlson for Anaheim, which, again, if Meechkoff for some crazy reason goes to Anaheim, now you're talking Fantilli Carlson at 3-4, which pushes Will Smith down, which pushes David Reinbach down, which changes really the landscape of that first top ten picks. Alex, what's the atmosphere like down there right now? We hear all the buzz in the background, and I'm, I'm checking out Twitter, and I see videos of people. It kind of looks like a uh, like a fun chaos. It, it absolutely is a fun chaos. It's interesting because our our spot at Media Row is like right in front of where the draft floor is with all of the table, tables. We've got NHL Network in front of me, and I think we've had five or six prospects walk by us and shaking hands. You've got general managers talking with each other. Uh, it feels like an entire family reunion of NHL players. I've seen Doug Waite walk by. I've seen Shane Doan walk by. Jerome Ginla's walked by. So you have this like the side of NHL history, of course, a lot of these players at front office positions, but then you've got the actual general managers walking around and chatting with each other. Saw Craig Conroy of the general manager for the Calgary Flames chatting with a couple of different teams. So uh, it's it, it, it really is wild season. It's a enjoyable chaos. Well, Alex, we know that you're trying to get ready for your show, which comes up at the top of the hour. So we're going to let you go. We're going to let you uh, feel good about your preparation and all that. And we can't wait. Uh, I'll be listening on my ride home. That's for sure. Have fun down there. I appreciate it, fellas. Thank you so much. Always uh, love hopping on with you and enjoy the night. Thanks, Alex. You too. That's Alex Ferrario of BK and Ferrario. He's got his live draft show tonight starting at 6 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN, the NHL Draft live show. And, of course, we'll have plenty of reaction to it tomorrow here in the Fast Lane. We've got what you missed and criticisms and compliments next on 101 ESPN. 101 ESPN's NHL Draft Report is brought to you by Swiss Air Heating and Cooling. Get your $69 magic tune, a 29-point cooling system check, for only $69 at SwissAirSTL.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. anything from today's show you can download the podcast at 101espn.com or the 101 espn mobile app it's all brought to you by Dobbs tyron auto centers had a fun day today broke down the blues draft selections what uh, what we could see at number 10 overall jamie you also made uh, the call of who you would like to see the blues take so once more for the listeners David Reinbacher, i don't know if he'll slide to number 10 if you're trading up or if you were going to trade up and you couldn't get into the top three, top four picks, if you could even move up to like six or seven, I would do it to get this guy. Big, smooth skating defenseman. He'd be a top four defenseman for you for sure. And, you know, he'd be on your roster in maybe two years, top four defenseman in three or four. He'd be a good pickup. What would surprise you at 10? It would surprise me that the Russian player has not been picked yet, Michkov. And that now Doug Armstrong's forced with a decision to, to look at that player. And it might be worth it at 10 for Army to go, you know what? We don't really need a forward right mm-hmm. now. But in like three years when his contract is finished in the KHL, you got a lot of options, a lot of openings on your roster. If you can plop in a Kaprizov type player, mm-hmm. that'd be pretty incredible. So that would be the big surprise for me. 
We talked to Alex Ferrario, who you're going to hear in less than 10 minutes now. He's got his draft show, his live NHL draft show from Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. He's got a lot of interviews lined up. I know that JR is going to join him at some point, I think I think right after the Blues make their selection. So we've got wall-to-wall Blues coverage for you right here on the home of the Blues, 101 ESPN. Of course, talked about the Cardinals. They won last night. We talked about the win. We talked about why not Arenado, if you're thinking about trading players like Goldie, why not Arenado? We talked about whether or not the who is more important than the what when it comes to the roster. You have to download the podcast to hear what we were talking about there. And discuss MLB.com's biggest surprises. And it was kind of a surprise that the Cardinals being in last place, they're actually at number seven. Criticisms and compliments. What do you got, Marsh? Oh, yeah, we got one uh, from the 618. You guys suck. I've listened to the hype about your draft day programming for the last two weeks. It's 530. What are you talking about? The blanking Cardinals. I'm sick of this blank. You should be talking about trades and signings in the NHL, not only the Blues but other NHL teams. You call yourself sports radio, but you're only homers and name droppers. I think other true sports fans have have to feel the same. I dare you to read this text and give listeners the opportunity to chime in. Two minutes later, we had our draft day report with Alex Ferrari. (laughs) And we've had... What four hockey segments today? Let's see. Let's see here. One plus we had Jr. Three, uh, four, five plus some sports six pack blues related mm-hmm. questions. Yeah, good call. You know though. what though? I like I like their passion, like the passion. for wanting I to hear I like about it. hockey. And uh, in fairness, we did not break down the Ottawa Senators today. And in fairness, um, quite honestly, I'd rather talk blues all day long. Um, yeah, so. Thinking I'm trying to avoid Blues talk is uh, is inaccurate. Or NHL talk, for that matter. It's very inaccurate. I'm just going to go ahead and agree with you. We suck. You're right. We do. We did actually get that text from the 636. You guys suck. That Thank was you. not in reference, though, to not talking about hockey, of course. It was in reference to you guys doing the lineup game oh, which yeah, was yeah, in yeah, fact again. not good spot on again we did suck today well, in the lineup if you game. saw the lineup i don't know if anybody would have gotten this based upon i think that person would have done well yeah man you never know anthony you're right speaking of the lineup game from the 618 boy you can sure tell you guys don't cheat at this game <laughs> holy crap that's yeah. about the only good thing when we do struggle in the lineup game that's about the only good thing that comes out of it is you know we're not cheating from the 314. Damn it. Jordan Walker is my girlfriend's favorite player. Now we're on the way to the game. He's not even playing. Every time I take my girlfriend, who is from Chicago, by the way, St. Louis loses and Walker doesn't play. Well, there you go. The Cardinals are going to lose. Probably got to leave her at home. That's the answer. I mean, you know, nothing against her. I'm sure a wonderful human being, but. Yeah. Cardinals going to win. Yeah. We got to win here. Come on. Yep. Got Eight game games tonight. back. Let's go. Absolutely. Leave her right. at home. Priorities. Priorities is right. Leave her at home <laughs> is absolutely right. Just kidding. All right. Alex Ferrario has got our NHL draft show starting in less than five minutes now. So enjoy, Alex. I certainly will on the ride home. For Jamie Rivers, for Andrew Marsh, and for me, Anthony Salter, we will see you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.